Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This podcast on 97.3 The Fan is presented by Hummel Casino. Fun above all else. is January 16th. We are already halfway through the first month of 2024, and I've got to say it's been pretty good uh, so far, getting better every single day. Uh, it's so great to be here with you. I want to welcome a very special guest to the program. He's actually the host of this show, uh, Ben Higgins, but he's never been out at fantasy camp before, so you are our guest. Welcome. It is good to be here on the inside for the first time. Uh, this is uh, what your fourth fifth. or fifth trip out here to Padres fantasy camp. And you're absolutely right. It is different than our trip to spring training where we're always on the outside <laughs> sitting in, in the cold and you don't really have access to the facilities here. But getting the behind-the-scenes look just this morning of kind of what's going on, it's, it's a busy place even here in January, uh, a month before spring training starts, to see what's going on here at the uh, Peoria Sports Complex. Very cool to be here on the inside for the first time. Well, welcome in, man. It's good to have you uh, here. Paulie Rindel, our executive producer, is also here. Good morning, Paulie. Good morning. How are you, buddy? I am uh, a little sore, but I am just so good right now. This uh, is so much fun having all three of us out here. Kyle says I look like Dollar General Mike Schilt, and I don't know how I feel about that <laughs> at all. I've, I've definitely heard worse uh, before, uh, but that's a that's an interesting one. That's an interesting one for me. Um, Jocelyn says, Kyle, we don't start insulting people until hour two. Uh, that's usually not the case. You usually... Usually we go right off the uh, the bat, but I'm excited Benny's here because uh, it just sounds better. It's nice to look over at you, see your your facial cues, uh, you know, all the things that that make the the radio show tick. 
um, you know, it really helps when everybody's in the same room together. So uh, it's great to have you out here. I want to get an update on everything you guys have been doing since, because I just arrived yesterday. I drove over on Monday after work on Sunday night, but you guys have been here all weekend. You got here Friday? Yeah. And then you started fantasy camp on Sunday. You played your first game yesterday. You got your team. You got your coaches. I haven't seen your your coaches yet this morning, have I? No, they have not. Did you already uh, get them to quit? Have they been so frustrated that they have actually just quit and are not showing up on day two? I, you know, listen. Certain coaches take this uh, a little more seriously than others, and and that's okay. Um, I'm shocked. Mark Grant was like the first one here. No, Heath Bell was the first one here. He's, Heath Bell's always the first one here. Heath Bell is the uh, Jorge Alfaro <laughs> of the uh, the fantasy camp San Diego Padres. Uh, but yeah, Archie Sanfranco's here. Uh, Mud's here. Mark Loretta's here. We just saw Flan walk in. Gary Templeton. Tempe's here. Yeah. Uh, Andy seen, Ashby. Ashby's here. I've not seen Peavy yet, um, which also doesn't surprise me. Though yesterday, this it, what a cool guy. The guy walks in, and he has been. Probably t- 10 dozen donuts from Krispy Kreme he brought in, brought some for the coaches, and then went and dropped some in the uh, lo- the locker room yeah, as well. Yeah, the training table for athletes. Yeah. That's what they usually eat when they're getting ready for that, baseball. That's exactly yeah. right. Uh, Flan then walked in and said, make sure you do what Pablo Sandoval does. Eat them all before the game. <laughs> now, Flan would know. Flan knows him very well. Uh, but, man, it's been, it's been great being out here uh, just – to update you, we, we still haven't won a game. We haven't won a game. So in, who are your coaches? It's uh, Terry Kennedy and Dave Trevecki. Okay, so you got two of the 1984 Padres who are here ba- as your ba- coaches. The battery, you know, one of yeah. the, the battery yeah. mates, uh, pitcher, catcher. So it's uh, it's they're great, dude. I mean, Terry Kennedy's it's like he's like minorly he's like terrifying a little bit. He's kind of yeah. kind of scary to play for. You want to make sure you do your best, um, and. So he's he's been great. Dave Trevecki is like the kindest, coolest guy ever. Um, we just have have really gotten along, and they all have phenomenal stories, and they're going to share some of those with you uh, today. But as far as the trip goes, man, we we made it out here Friday. Uh, didn't really do much, and we were kind of bored. We kind of we had to wait around for the football game on on Saturday. Um, and then one of the football games got m- – that game was going to be on Sunday anyway, though, right? Saturday we watched the Aztec game We watched the Aztecs the get bodied. <laughs> and that went right into the Cleveland-Houston game. Which I went to take a nap for. Yes. Browns got bodied. And then what, what was the next game after that? That was the Peacock game. That was Chiefs Peacock and game. Dolphins Chiefs and Dolphins. With the uh, Dolphins right. getting bodied. That was kind of the theme getting bodied. of the weekend in football, at least, for sure. Mitch Flanner. Hi, Flan. What are you guys doing up in the of <laughs> Bring that guitar over, bud. Um, yeah, Flan's got his guitar here. I got mine. I'd like to jam at some point, just, just so you know. Yeah. All right. He's the best. He's the best. Um, so, yeah, we did that. We basically just kind of hung around and, and relaxed. We didn't do anything crazy. We didn't party. We didn't go out to expensive dinners. We didn't really do much at all. We just kind of relaxed. I'm sure my wife is elated hearing that. Left her there to her own devices uh, to deal with two kids. She, like, but, took them to the tide pools. Yeah, and she did, was, like, enrichment activities yes. with the children, which <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you always do anytime she's gone, right? She, well, I do, actually. I you take do. my kids a lot of places okay. uh, when she's gone. We don't just sit there and build forts and stuff. Um, no, I'm, but I, I miss them terribly, as I always do when I come out here. And uh, I think they're probably watching right now. So if they are, I love you guys. I miss you guys. And uh, they're all they're back off to school today. And uh, we've got a double header today, Paulie and I do. So going to be a be a busy, crazy, uh, insane day. Uh, Ben's going to be doing a little solo action today as well. So it, it's 
that's why it's so nice to have you here, you know, just to be here so we can 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 talk and chat. And By the way, we should introduce the fourth member of our team today back in our Odyssey studio. How could the I great forget? Italian Paul oh, Frank Marchese is, is with us this morning. Good morning, Frankie. Good morning, guys. Good morning, good morning. How are you, buddy? I'm doing all right. Uh, up earlier than good. I have been yeah. in probably the last month, yeah, for other than that. <laughs> Well, Frankie also thought Ben was going to be in studio today, so he was a little panicked this morning to hear Ben uh, call in over the microphone. But now Ben is here, first time at camp. You're going to be moderating a panel uh, tomorrow night, which is really, really cool. There's the great Tom Seidler. Good morning, hey, sir. Bill How Johnston. Bill Johnston. Look at these guys. Legends right there. True, true <laughs> legends. Word's been getting thrown around a lot lately. Huh? <laughs> That's yes, true. it is. That we is were just true. commenting on that. This is uh, we're we, going to get used to this. Unfortunately, you said better, better, be, better than being outside. Yeah, like we are during spring training. It's going to be very cold, very cold. So, man, yeah, we, we're going to have some really good stories for you guys this week. Um, Squirrely, right now, just mentioned Dave Trebecki. What a story! Yeah, man. And you meet this guy, talk to this guy. If you don't know the story, I mean, I, if you're around Ben's and my age, we all remember when he threw. And broke his arm on the mound. And it was just a, 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 a scene of my youth I will never forget. I will never forget. Ended up losing that arm yeah. uh, down the road. Cancer uh, lost his arm. And to, had it came back had and it came tried back. to come back and, and had the incident on the mound, of course. And, um, had, you know, did end up losing the arm. But, as you said, terrific guy. and Unbelievable. Yeah. Like, just an incredible, incredible human being. So, he's, uh, he's one of our guys. And... Um, he'll be by to tell his story. He's a motivational speaker now, uh, which I think is really cool. So he's so po- – I mean, literally yesterday we're sitting <laughs> – we're playing a game. Um, I had just scored, so I was sitting kind of on the chair catching my breath. And he was talking to somebody else. I heard him go, damn it, I wish I had two arms. Just like that. <laughs> and I just – like, if he's going to laugh at it, it's like, all right, I guess I don't feel bad laughing with you. Um, but he's just really, really cool guy. So – this is an experience like no other out here. Um, if you ever get the chance to sign up, get on the waiting list. Do whatever you have to do. It is incredible. Um, Paulie's going to be doing some video and stuff, walking you through the clubhouse and, and all that. But it has just been it's just been such a trip. Every year is more fun uh, than the last. And there's going to be more special guests coming. I do hear guys that, uh, that really I don't think Pottery fans have heard from in a long time. So that's something I'm really looking forward to as well. Yeah, and it's probably going to be a little bit of a different week, obviously, being out here at Fantasy Camp. If there is any news, we will certainly pass it along. Uh, Padres did, of course, sign the top international prospect over the weekend, yeah. Leo Dales. Debrief. Debrief. And we'll talk about that with uh, Chris Kemp a little bit later. He's going to join uh, me near the end of the show. Padres uh, director of uh, amateur scouting is going to be with us to talk about that signing, the international class here for 2014 as they continue to build what is becoming quickly one of the top minor league systems in all of baseball and one that could start producing uh, on the major league level. Padres fans certainly hoping as soon as this season with some of the talent that's coming up. Well, look who's oh, here. Oh, no. It's the lefty himself. The commissioner of the Fantasy League. <laughs> the very handsome Randy hey, Jones. Hey, hey, hey. Wow. Ben oh, RJ, yeah, they finally dragged me out here first I time. I can't believe that. I know. I'm here. So, here. Well, I'm going to throw you a fastball. He's not play- <laughs> I'm not, he's not playing. playing. Are you kidding? I'm going to go to the golf course in the afternoon. Yeah, he's going to play golf. <laughs> I'm not playing baseball. Yeah. 
I'm a sane person. Everyone else here is is absolutely insane <laughs> to think that they can play baseball. This these guys' age running around there and sliding. I'm going to the golf course this afternoon. Hey, I've seen your swing that day. I've seen your golf swing. That's not timeless. <laughs> All right. RJ, no, it's not. He came out here for the free food. No, the free food. No doubt in my mind. No doubt. And it's got to be free or he wouldn't be. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And somebody gave him a free hat. I don't know. <laughs> now, uh, Randy, will today be the day that we get to see you in the very beautiful City Connect uniforms? Negative. Negative. That's denied. That's denied. Been denied again. Oh, look at Mud Grant in the City Connects. Look at him. Oh, my God. This is amazing. That's scary. It is. Uh, as we've been saying all week. Definitely for the new school, right? My kids look great in the City Connect. My my, my wife looks beautiful in if, them. If you say so. They do. They look great. All right. Not for you. Well, have you seen Tom Seidler in it? I haven't seen Tom. <laughs> I haven't either. So <laughs> when he wears it on my wife. All right, Tommy, that's the, that's the gauntlet. It is. It is. I want to see you. Please wear that jersey for me. You know I will this week, guys. You promise? I can't tell Randy, you what Randy, come stand by and Paul and wave in the camera because you're yeah, looking come, really good right now. Come around. So make everyone sure everyone can see it. Don't Just, tell me what to do, man. All right, fine. I can't all do right, that. He's right. at, Randy's at the age where no one can tell him what you to know, do. Well, I, then again, you've been at that age the entire time I've known you in my life, so nothing really You know what? You might be nothing right. Nothing has really you changed. You might be there right. Is. Move it back. Move it Not that we don't go back a few years now, Ben. Yes. All right, our field. Quite a while about now. 30? But, uh, yeah, about th- almost 25 to yeah. 30 years so, ago. So the other day. You know, you know how bad it What a dumbass he was 30 years oh, ago. Yeah. Oh, I believe it. Oh, my God. Our new, uh, with our new midday show host, Craig Elston, yeah. who comes on after us oh, now yeah. with Annie Halberin. And you two idiots. Yeah, <laughs> we had Randy on every single show after the pre- and post-game and show that's every why, single that's day. That's why I had a drinking problem. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was them. I'm blaming I them. wasn't going to bring it up. But I don't care. <laughs> So we had the uh, Tom called everybody up, was introducing the you know everybody and introduced Randy. <laughs> he talked about the the three Cy Young is it three Cy Young Award winners? Three. What? Jake? Jake? No, not no. Th- you? You're going PV, to court. You're going to Blake court. Snell. Is it you're four? Court. You're going to court. Is it four? Mark Davis. Mark Davis. Well, he's not here. He's not here. I don't care. So he was talking about the you know innings pitched and the strikeouts <laughs> per nine, and he gets to innings pitched. You know Blake last year threw 180 through and PV threw 220. Randy, how many did you throw in your Cy Young? 350. 350 innings. <laughs> and then they did strikeouts for nine. Blake, 11.9. And Jake, 9.2. Gaylord Perry, too, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah did he yeah. win a Cy Young yeah. here? Did, yeah, didn't he? Gaylord. Yeah. yeah. So, five. But old Randy over here. How many strikeouts per nine? Yeah, uh, what, two points? 1.2. 1. 1. <laughs> You know, I can't, I can't believe those two idiots just struck out. In this day of metrics, you wouldn't have even gotten a shot. I tried. Your numbers That's wouldn't right. have even uh, brought you up to the big And you know what? I wouldn't, have, oh. I wouldn't have cared. By the way, 25 shutouts that, it, no, that year. No, 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 complete games. games. Complete games. 25 games. Complete, 25 games. complete games. How many shutouts? Huh? 12? Uh, five. 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 No. God bless You gave up too many grounders through the Gee, holes yeah, to give up shutouts. Gibson's the one that had like 12 shutouts. That's unbelievable. Three grounders up the middle, you gave up a run. That's how it works. Sometimes <laughs> That's right. Or you got a double play to get out of the inning. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, this is. This. Yeah, but I still got my three runs a game, you know. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> This is what it's going to be like. We're going to be having guys pop on with us all week. Randy, we love you. Thank yeah. you so much. Please wear the same. Well, you should. Get a red on there. He, oh, might, well. he might have some candy comments. All right, good. Andy Ashby. Yeah, for sure. That idiot. You know, 
Sorry, I got to pick up my right handers every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> well, we you love know. you, man. Get in there and get some business. Yeah, hey, I'm gonna. Man. All right, that's really, you got a nice setup. Thank here. you. I know it. it's way better than spring training when we're out in the freezing <laughs> patio out there. I'm gonna now get used to this. That's this what I now. remember out there <laughs> yes. freezing your tail off every single right. morning. For, Randy Jones, commissioner yeah. of the uh, Fantasy League. Hey, can I ask one, yeah. one more question? I'm leaving. Yeah, no, okay. please. Are you, you're playing golf in that hat? Yeah, this is, a, this is the chunkless. This is the mission's alternate hat. Yeah, so you're you, insulting your own you, organization here. You say, me. <laughs> Meat. <laughs> I've gotten a lot of comments on this hat. No one realizes <laughs> yeah. this is a official in the building a hat. Here. Hat. Get, a, get a real hat. All right, fine. I'll put on a, Callow- I'll put on a Callaway hat hey, before I hit the course. Get a, get a pottery hat over here. Right, fine. Guy. All right, we're going to take our first time out. Uh, we'll set the menu for what's coming up on the show today, although it's pretty much chaos. Talked about uh, him pitching yet? Oh, Paulie was dominant yesterday. Paulie. Yeah, give us your review of Paul Jeez, Reynolds. He did on a the good mound. job. He did. Wow, pounded the zone. A compliment Kevin's, from Randy Jones. And you so know what's funny? It was I was watching him warm up. Adrenaline was flying all over that mound. He was fired up. <laughs> he was. I'm not kidding you, he man. Was. And I didn't say a word to him, but I could just see it. I went, "Oh my God, I've been there." He's you know? fired up. That's the stage. That's there. the spotlight. Everyone's you looking good, at Paul. you. I was proud of you, kid. Look at that. Nice, kind words from Randy Jones. Cy Young Award winner. 7.15 in the morning Arizona time. You had to keep going. Um, I walk over to their game. Woodsy's at third base. Yeah. Grand ball to Woodsy. Yep. And he missed the first base of him about 10 yards. Yeah, did a little uh, two-seamer yeah. over there. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> but but the, the funniest thing was is about 30 seconds later, here comes Terry Kennedy. Moves him to second Moves base. Moves him to second. You know, and brings the other guy back to third. Middle of an inning. And I'm assuming that he's pissed off at Woodsy. Yeah. Okay, that's what yeah, I'm he's saying. Got, he doesn't have the arm to be over there. Yeah. Idiot. I mean, come right. on. Right. And I, I, then later on, I found out, I talked to TK, and that wasn't the fact. It was they just had, left-handed right They had Greeny up there hitting, and he's <laughs> dead full. I just, but I got tickled at first. I went, man. I TK is really pissed. Teddy's kid's taking a new level now. We're moving guys in the first in the third inning of the game. He's going to get the hell out of here. He's beat it. Yeah, I just thought it was awesome. I don't think TK likes me very much. I think he's going to. I think he's going to try to trade me, Randy. I really do. Oh, I swear to God, yeah, that came up last night. And I, you know, and I want you to know, I veto or approve all trades. <laughs> I don't, hey, I don't know if I can work with this organization hey, anymore. Trading <laughs> deadline's 9 o'clock tomorrow morning. Oh, my God. Well, you see how I do today, then, in the doubleheader. Oh, big time. Woo. All right. Thank you, Randy Jones. See you, guys. Best. Randy Appreciate Jones, it. Commissioner of the Fantasy League. Uh, we'll come back. We'll uh, set, <laughs> set the menu, as it were. It's going to be pretty much chaos, as I was saying this week. Though, live from Padres Fantasy Camp in Peoria, Arizona. It's Ben and Woods. Let's get our first check of traffic with Kelly this week as we get started on a Tuesday morning. On San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. trade rumor involving Stephen Woods and his fantasy team because he walked by and said, I can't trade you because then I'd lose this guy. Then he'd lose pointed Paulie. at Paul Reindel, yeah. who was the uh, the star of the game with three uh, solid innings pitched yesterday. Although I just heard my uh, my counterpart at, at Fox 5, Troy Hirsch, who's here and playing on one of the teams, he got the lineup card as player of the game oh, yesterday. Yeah. Did either of you get a lineup card as player of the game? No, I think you no. have to win, maybe. Yeah. I think you also have to show up to the team dinners. To get those. <laughs> oh, do you? Well, we did a live stream uh, last night, so that's what we were doing. We're just always trying to provide content. Serve um, the audience. Serve the audience. That's what we're trying to do here. But you do have to basis. win a game probably at some point. You probably need to and win. You haven't no, won a I, game got, since. I got one last year, and we went uh, 0-6. Oh, that's six. true. So, I think I got one last right. year, too, uh, and we were 0-6. And, and you're going to take your coaches out to dinner tonight? Is you're that... coming, too, yes. Oh, am I coming yeah. to that as well? Yeah, okay. you're coming to All that right. as well. We're going to do a little Korean barbecue, which I know you like. And uh, but yeah, we want to want to have you out there. All right, sounds good. All right, good. Sounds good. All right, here's what's coming up on the show today. We just saw Mud Grant in his City Connects. He's <laughs> going to sit down with us. Uh, hopefully, coming up here at the bottom of the hour in our next segment, one of the uh, coaches here at Padres Fantasy Camp and get his thoughts on what's going on in this Padres off season as we get ready, less than a month away from the start of spring training back here in Peoria. Uh, we'll talk to some of the other fantasy campers and coaches as they come in and through in the early part of the show. Then you guys are heading out. Uh, to the field. You got a double header today. You got today. a double header today. Yeah. So in the second half of the show, obviously, we'll get into some of the NFL action over the weekend. Had a bunch of uh, coaching news and changes. I mean, the tweet yesterday I saw, Bill Belichick has interviewed for head, the head coaching position of the Atlanta Falcons. Wild. Was maybe one of the most jarring tweets I think I have ever seen. The Atlanta Falcons have interviewed Bill Belichick for their head coaching position. It's a, I, it like I just I looked at it and I stared at it and I go, this is not a real world we're living in. That like Bill Belichick is just going on some interview. Like, hi, I'm uh, I'm hi, Bill, Bill Belichick. Belichick. I'm here about the the coaching position uh, here in Atlanta. It's, well, it's for, nuts for as many positions that are currently open. I think you're about to see a few more. I would be very surprised if Nick Sirianni keeps his job. I'd be very surprised if Mike McCarthy keeps his job. Um, there's going to be a lot of turnover now. 
that's a good thing for guys like Jim Harbaugh, uh, who interviewed with the Chargers uh, yesterday. yesterday. The day, yeah, yesterday. Uh, it's, it's a good thing for Bill Belichick. It's a good thing for Pete Carroll if he wants to continue to um, to, to coach. But, yeah, man, the I'll, I'll say this right now. I know the NFL is king. It will probably be king for the rest of our lifetimes. The NFL playoffs so far have been horrendous outside of one game. Uh, that was the Rams-Lions game. That game was spectacular. The rest of them have been horrible. I mean, it's some fun things to see, the weather, all that. I mean, it makes it semi-decent. But as far as final scores go, holy smokes, man, it was terrible. And that sometimes happens in the wild card sure. round of the playoffs. Then we forget about it if there are better games the following week. And these, because these matchups should be should be pretty electric I, I coming up. I hope so. I think every team that survived looks like they're playing well. And you got the four or the two bye teams that are left. So. Yeah, I haven't even looked at the matchups yet. Uh, so I, I've got them for you right here. So the matchups next week on Saturday, uh, we got two doubleheaders. So Saturday is Texans at Ravens followed by Packers at 49ers. And then Sunday's divisional games, uh, Bucks lions uh, followed by Chiefs at Bills. So, yeah, every single one of them. I'm, I'm excited about Chiefs-Bills in sure. particular. They've had a great rivalry, I think, six games. They've split them all in the, the Patrick Mahomes, kind of Josh Allen going back and forth. But the Chiefs have never had to go on the road here in the playoffs. They have to go and try to win a road game, which is a whole different beast in January. It should uh, provide a lot of fodder this week. Uh, coming up in the 8 o'clock hour, we'll talk about the Aztecs, uh, as we say, getting bodied at New Mexico. Brutal game. It's, it's possible, by the way, to both get outplayed and get completely hosed by the referees. And I think both were true oh of the Aztecs game on uh, Saturday against New Mexico. I'll talk about that. We'll also give away some tickets to the San Diego State-Nevada game coming up Huge. tomorrow night at Viejas Arena. Huge prize. Now, you can lose on the road in the Mountain West. I told you, in fact, they're going to lose at least three or four times. You did? This conference is too good. Got to defend your home court, though. Nevada's coming in with a 15-2 and record looking for their signature win to try to jump into the top 25. So that's a big one coming up tomorrow night. We've got some tickets to give away. And then as we get later in the program, uh, Chris Kemp, the Padres Vice President of Amateur and International Scouting, is going to give us a call. Of course, uh, instrumental in the signing of Leodales de Vries, the Padres' new top uh, international prospect that was signed over the weekend. I think El, officially. El Mutante? Yes, this oh, is the El Mutante. El Mutante. Oh, what a. <laughs> I've already talked about it. Oh, my God. It. Yes, Terry Kennedy. We've oh. Terry Kennedy just blaming Woods. By. Yeah, Woods, you screwed up our game yesterday. <laughs> Guy makes one throwing error. I was on base twice. Drove well, in a run. What do, you, what do you want from me? <laughs> Didn't he tell you to throw home and you tried to throw to second? Yeah, you, I tried you, to throw def- a double play. You defied his orders. I did. Coaches don't like that. Well, he didn't know what he was They don't want you to have a mind of your own. They you want you to follow it's, instructions. It's fantasy camp. You have to collect outs. You do not try for plays at the plate. I wasn't that mad. I was on the mound. And I made the, we got an out. We got the out. We got the out. And outs are a They're premium. premium here. Yes. <laughs> Come on, TK. You do what your manager tells right. you, you to do you in baseball. T- watch me today. I'm going to follow the They don't to the want you to have a mind of your own. They want you to follow <laughs> I'm an artist. the game plan. I'm an artist, all right? Settled. Right, let's Mud's go to We're going to go to break. Mud Lake. Come back. Mark Grant will be with us coming up next with Bennett Woods on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. 
because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Fantasy Camp. We got Mark Grant standing by. He's going to join us right after a check of traffic here on 97.3 The Fan. If you're joining us on our YouTube stream, you can see him decked down in his City Connect uniforms, sporting the off-season stash as well. Padres broadcaster Mark Grant is with us here on 97.3 The Fan. Mud, good Ge- morning. Gentlemen. You look is, great. Thank you. You do look good. Uh, you all look great as well. I'm honored to be on your show after the holiday. Uh, Ryan Cohen's in the chat. He says, Mud in the City Connects is a level of beauty. I didn't know the human eye was capable of seeing. <laughs> and uh, I agree with him. You do look good. Well, first of all, shout out to Ryko. Yeah, love Ryko. Love he's it. a good kid. He's a gem. He's a uh, he's a beauty. He's a prince. And uh, proud to call him friend. Yeah. And the mustache, you guys know the story, right? This is in honor of uh, the late, great Peter Seidler. All right. I, oh, I was going to no, ask. I didn't know I, that. Because I saw Tom had one. Yes. Now, that... I grew one last year when, when Peter was here and we did an interview with right. him. And he and I had the big, long, and right. I, I dyed it, did the whole thing. Really? And uh, I didn't know we were doing it again. I would have done it, too. I was at the ballpark, I think, in January at some time for, another, for something. I forgot what it was. And I ran across Tom Seidler. And he had a little starter going. Yeah, a starter. Right. Starter mustache. Yeah, a little teaser. <laughs> And um, I said, hey, you're going with the stash, huh, Tom? He goes, yeah, just a little reminder, you know, oh, Peter. Man. And it clicked. I said, you know what? I'm starting mine. Next time I shave, I'm not shaving. That's awesome, man. So then I incorporated. Because I, I looked at some photos, and I remember Peter also had a little bit of a Van Dyke. Yeah. 
Uh, so I, I let the bottom part kind of on the chin grow a little bit too. Can we well. get Don Orsillo in on this? Uh, Don Scott. Season as well. Don's got a Van Dyke yeah. working. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don, nice. now He's your partner, uh, Mud Grant, is currently in the Cayman Islands. Is he back yet? I don't know. I saw him doing a video about chickens yesterday. I think he's I been hitting the rum com- a little I don't know bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. He may be yeah. there permanently. He's not coming back. <laughs> <laughs> Flip-flops, dry, dry fit, and T-shirts. He is. What, uh, what a life, huh? Is my coffee in the way there, Wally? No, and then uh, let's see what else you mentioned. Uh, mustache. City Connects. Oh, City Connects. Uh, hopefully they change our luck today because our bats are allergic to baseballs. Yep, ours were too. My team. And... Um, it seems like the crosshairs of our defenders when they're throwing, it's off just a little bit. Sure. And um, the, uh, hey, let's give a shout-out to the training staff here, oh, Ricky by the way. Rick, the Ricky Huerta and everybody here in Fantasy Camp. Giving me the very strong uh, Tylenol. Really? Or, or the Advil. Extra strength. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're not one of these people. Here's one thing that bugs me. This is a Larry David moment. How come when people take, like, a medicine or something and they, and they go, what, what does that do? You got to make sure it gets it, down. No, there. no, you just give me a pill. I'll swallow Here, it. Here, I got pills. G- give me a. <laughs> I need water too. Yeah, I have, to have I water. I can't. Can you go really? dry? Can you do a dry? No, I can't go dry. But I can go coffee. I can go yeah. whatever. What do you want? Okay, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, so anyway, it's good. Yeah, it's good to be here. It's, it's good. It's to fun. Have you, it's man. fun to see the familiar faces and the new people who take part in the in the experience, the fantasy camp. You know, and it's uh, here's the funny part about about fantasy camp that that maybe the layman doesn't understand so over to my right is the trainer's room now it's a kick for all of us to go in there and get a little work done the players hate it the the managers they they keep an eye to see who's in there getting work done and then that person gets their balls busted (laughs) if you're in there getting work but it's funny because you could say you could say to your skipper skipper i'm trying to get my body ready to get out on the field and compete is it the same at the big league level? Do, uh, do, you, do you watch the guys that are constantly in there getting taped up you know, and worked I mean, on? From past experience, you know your team as well as anybody. Obviously, sure. you're around the guys. You know the guy, the guys who have a little ailment here and there. He's in there every day because maybe he's got. It's like, for instance, this just came to mind. Uh, Dennis Rasmussen, the mm-hmm. big tall left-hander, he blew out his ankle when he was at Creighton. I think playing basketball. He was a basketball player as well. So Raz was always in there getting his. Ankle tape and up. getting, and then there are guys who just have lingering things. They could, they can post. They still but, post, but they're always in there getting something taken care of, and whether that's just part of the routine or it's legit or whatever. Hey, whatever works for you. If you can go out and post and, and produce, that's that's all that matters. I, I feel like, but as far as looking at guys like, oh, is so and so getting a rub well, down? I like the thirty-four and thirty-five-year-olds are going to be in there more than the twenty-three-year-olds yes. too. Yeah. That's just yeah. the human body. You, you would be surprised though, because some of the younger, more fit guys. They're the ones in there the most. Yeah. It's very strange. Well, think about it. Uh, the the brain, and you guys know this, the brain works a little bit quicker than the body. Oh, yeah. And you want to sprint. You want to throw harder. You want to run harder. You want to swing harder. And I tell you what, there's a lot of sore bodies in there it's a, today. It's, well, today's the double bill, too, right? Yeah, double bill today. So two juegos. Oi. Sorry about being fluent. Yeah, no big deal. Um, and uh, it's going to be, Yeah. Tomorrow's going to suck. Oh, my Tomorrow's gosh. Tomorrow's going to yeah. suck. Do you do the cold, hot I do. pool? I do. I can only really go into the waste. Yeah. I really can't get down in the cold. The yeah. cold is the coldest you've ever felt. Yeah, I know. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And it works. Paulie, how are you feeling? I'm good. Oh. Oh, you don't have a mic? Well, that's a good thing. I'm good. Uh, the arm is, the bicep's a little sore yeah. from throwing. Yeah. Through three innings yesterday. and Three innings? Other than that, I feel good. But I good. know 
That was just in one game yesterday. Yeah. Tomorrow we've got the two games today, so tomorrow's going to be okay. Good. Rough. Yeah. The uh, the training staff here is unbelievable. And yeah. These are the big league guys. They work on the big league guys, and yeah. you get to hear the uh, the stories, and and it's so much fun. I thought it was pretty cool the first day when we everybody was introduced in the main clubhouse. So you know we come here for spring training, big league spring training. We realize and recognize who sits where in the clubhouse. So I went over to two campers. There's two lockers near a door that connects into a hallway and then into the dining room. Yep. And there's two lockers right there. So I went over to the guys, and they're sitting there. I go, you guys are pretty darn lucky right now. And they why? Because those two lockers are Manny's lockers. Really? And they're like, wow, really? It's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. It is pretty cool to be able to go hit. Now, it is a little embarrassing, and we told this on our live stream last night. We were all in the cages yesterday getting work. And uh, in strides, <clears throat> shortstop. Jackson Merrill mm. here getting a little work in, right? Uh, they're doing doing rookie camps and things. Right. And he sits with his bat between his hands, and he just watches and waits. And one of his coaches said, uh, yeah, you're going you're gonna to get some swings in? And he goes, just waiting for a cage. And all <laughs> these old turds are in there swinging, <laughs> missing the ball completely, hitting through, it, hitting through the tee. And there's Jackson Merrill. And I, I thought, did he know fantasy camp? Yeah, okay, they all okay, do. But, yeah. I, but it's one of those things where you're like, I hope we don't mess up his process here. You know what I mean? If he has a bad year, is it because he didn't get the ABs he needed out here? Well, I think that tells you something about the kid. Very respectful. Yes, right? very respectful. Not throwing his weight around saying, hey, look who I am. Yeah, beat it. I'm more, yeah. Beat it, Take nerd. a hike. Tell your story walking. I need some hacks. That, that's, really, that's really neat. We're uh, joined by the great Mark Grant here on Ben and Woods this morning. So I asked you, I, I challenged you the other day, mm-hmm. and I said, Mudley, I'm gonna need I'm gonna need your best baseball story. All right. And it, this was driving you crazy because it was, but I think I came up with okay, it. Okay, good because, because it's, I put myself in the position of having a talk with people around baseball and yeah. the one that I constantly tell, and it's an old school story. Good. Will you guys appreciate that? Oh yeah. Okay, so I'll set it up. I heard this story for the first time and I nearly peed my pants. The late great Jimmy Davenport, all-star third baseman for the Giants back in the day, he was a giant through and through from day one coach manager and so he's old school like 50s and 60s right so it was at a fantasy camp and, and davy was from mississippi he had that low voice and or he's from alabama so he told stories like this right he, but he was just a just a gamer and just a great guy jake peavy's laughing at your alabama ass. oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so davy we're talking about baseball stories and he told a story about uh bobby bragan was the manager of the milwaukee braves back in like the 60s and the Braves at the time, the Milwaukee Braves, were in the middle of like a, they were like in a 14-game losing streak. I mean, just horrible. And on that team was the great Eddie Matthews, Hall of Famer, San Diego, uh, north north of San Diego, right? Fallbrook, I believe, right? Is it? I think so, I yeah. I think it is Fallbrook. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, you can look that up, Ben, just to clarify. Uh, so, anyway, they have a, he, he calls a team meeting. Everybody's in front of their lockers. Now, remember, Jimmy Davenport's telling this movie, or telling this story. So Bobby Bragan gets up and says, you guys are horrible, and I'm cleaning it up. I have to clean yeah, it yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You guys are terrible. You guys stink. You guys are an embarrassment to the club. You're an embarrassment to your family. You shouldn't even be big leaguers. You guys really suck. You guys are the worst, right? In fact, you know, he says, he looks at everyone, and he goes, in fact, you know what? F all you guys so he starts going down the line guys are sitting in front of their locker he goes yeah f all you guys f you f you f you he gets to eddie matthews f you eddie matthews goes 
F me? He goes, no, 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 not you. <laughs> F you. F you. <laughs> he was going to pinch his head off. And you know, that story stuck with me. And what a great story. <laughs> not you. <laughs> no, not you. <laughs> so that's like my one go-to if somebody wants to hear a good baseball story. So that, that's a great one you told. We were talking, too, though, about it's different, man, and, and the game has evolved. But not only the game has evolved and changed, certainly it changes every year, different rules, et cetera. Yeah. We were talking about the spread. Yeah. In there, the oh. spread that we have to eat, the spread that the minor, you know, you saw Jackson, Maryland, they're having right. lunch. Uh, you saw Pauly and Marcy and all the the Celis and all those guys. They're in there. They got a hundred different options. You were playing for the Giants at the time. Mm-hmm. You went to Montreal to play a game. Tell everybody about oh, the spread. Pittsburgh. Oh, it's Pittsburgh. Okay. <laughs> Tell them about the spread that you guys got in the visiting club. Well, when you get called to the big leagues, no matter how old you are and what year, I mean, it's like you expect something like the upgrade. Sure. Right. So we're in Pittsburgh. First time in 1984 with the club and Three Rivers Stadium. And it's, you know, I'm in the big league club. You know, I bought the Pittsburgh's, the, the Pirates, and, the Pirates, you know, world man. champs. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, 79 and uh, Willie Stargell and everybody. So I walk in the clubhouse and go to my locker and get undressed, get my shorts on, get my shower shoes and a T-shirt. And, hey, what's in the spread? There's a table, a, a round table in the middle of the clubhouse. There's a sleeve of Ritz crackers and an open jar of Jif peanut butter and a knife that's been, like, dipped in there. Like, I don't know. Who, I don't know who had their lips around that knife after spread the peanut butter on the Ritz cracker. Go get them, fellas. Oh, my. Dive in. Have at it. Training table, baby. You have got to be kidding me, uh, Yeah, I know. All and right. then after BP, it gets better. After BP, he would splurge and go buy a couple pizzas and throw them on the thing. Say, hey, you know, here's a little pregame before the game starts. Have, have a slice. <laughs> a slice. Was that was that was that war was that warfare against the visiting team, or were the spreads like that everywhere? Well, back then, you know, these were clubhouse guys who there was almost like generational from family, sure. you know, family to uh, you know their, their son Pass followed their dad and then whatever. Um, and, and there were there were a few that had the good spreads. You know, uh, St. Louis was always a good one. St. Louis was always good. The Rich, Rich brothers, uh, Jerry and Jeff Rich, they they ran the clubhouse back in the day. Uh, Top notch quality. Um, it's it's little things like that that make the difference, man. You think back and uh, Cloud, ooh, Cloud in Montreal. Ooh, you were telling ooh, about Cloud. Ooh, hey, Cloud, what's going on? How come there's only like Skittles and there's only like. <laughs> You know, a jar of a jelly, and, uh, you know, what's this French stuff you got here? Uh, whatever. <laughs> Let's go. Shake your, How do you say shake yourself in French? It's so good. Man. My grand is here. And uh, Fantasy Camp, it's also the 40-year anniversary of the 1984 Padres. Yes. So they've got some of the old 1984. Now, you weren't on that team, mm-hmm. but Tempe, Dave Dravecki's here, and I know Ball players, there are fraternities. Good to see some of the the guys it's from great. your generation back. Haven't out seen here. Tim Lawler in a long, long time. Uh, great athlete, uh, Dave Dravecki. Once again, we were traded for one another in 1987. Yep. He went from San Diego to the Giants, and then of course I went from the Giants in that seven-player deal. Uh, Flan, uh, Terry yeah. Kennedy's here every year. Uh, good to see Terry. So is it good to see Terry? Is it <laughs> <laughs> your manager? I don't think it's good for you to see him right now. Man. So I looked it up because I knew you weren't on that team, but you were on the Giants. That was your rookie year, 1984. And I checked. I wondered if you faced the 1984 Padres, and you did. Your your third 
start of your career. Wow. It was against the 1984 Padres okay. in June of that year, and I wanted to test to see if you remembered was that, that Candlestick, game. I remember at, that. At Candlestick Park, uh, you were going up against Eric, Eric Schau. Yeah. Wow. And I think uh, gave Carmelo, Martinez, Carmelo Martinez hit a home run. He did. Yeah. He absolutely Damn. did. And I think I, I think it went seven plus. So seven. It, was a, it was interesting. You actually pitched pretty well. You, I'd say you outpitched Eric Schau. You went seven innings, four hits, four runs, three earned. Schau gave up ten hits and six runs. But he got the win because he went eight, and they came in against one of your teammates in the bullpen, and the Padres rallied to take the win away from you in the eighth inning. With a big rally. Now, do you remember uh, what Flan did off of you? You got a triple oh, off wow. of you in that game. But you did strike out one guy in the Padres twice. Boach. Boach. Yes! yes! Let's go! You, you struck out Bruce Boachy. You remember Ooh, the yes. twice. You remember the sequence. Started him over with a fastball away and then threw him a slider and swung over the top of it. Ugh. Goose came in in the ninth inning, got the save, as usual, yeah. for the Padres yeah. after they had rallied in the eighth inning. That, what what was the, the date on that? That was June, was it? Uh, June 3rd, 1984. That's okay, because I got traded a month later. That's unreal. July 4th. No, they, you, they liked uh, what they you, saw. You still hadn't had a win yet. You were still searching for your first win. You were in line for it when you left didn't the game. Didn't get my first win until September it. against the Braves at Candlestick. That's unreal, man. That's unreal. Uh, we have to go to break. That was one hey, of my favorite segments. Thanks. I love those stories. It's a, it's a pleasure seeing you guys. Love you, man. Appreciate go get them. You. Love you guys, too. Mud, thanks for all you do. Good to see Paul you. Babe. Mark Grant. And everybody uh, else out there, keep in touch with yourselves. All right. Padres Fantasy Camp coach, television broadcaster. Superstar. Uh, just about a month away. You guys going to Korea? Are you going to be in? Yeah, yeah Mud and Don going to yes, Korea Yes, can't wait. As well. It's going to be great. Oh, it's going to be a trip for sure. We're going to be jealous watching from back home. But uh, 3 a.m. Good ratings yeah. for the for the games at 3 a.m. back in San Diego. All right, um, this has been a first hour that has just flown by here at Padres Fantasy Camp. Uh, we're going to actually. I think the coaches are going into a coaches meeting right now, so we're going to actually meet one of your. Fantasy camper teammates who has come, I think, the farthest. Yeah, he has come the farthest. Any fantasy camper to be here in Arizona for Padres Fantasy Camp. I think uh, earlier this year we met Welsh Fryer, who's yep. a Padres fan from Wales. We're going to an entirely different hemisphere, southern hemisphere, uh, to meet the farthest flung Padres fantasy camper uh, coming up in our, our next hour. Great story, great accent coming up, man. You guys will love this. You love those. And then uh, as we continue on, we'll get to Don't Do This, uh, more fantasy camp interviews, and we'll get into some of the uh, news from the Padres over the weekend as well. Signing of uh, Leodales de Vries, uh, the number one international prospect. Uh, it's the second straight year, obviously, after Ethan Salas signed the year before. And uh, we'll talk to Chris Kemp, Padres Vice President of Amateur and International Scouting. will be with us a little bit later on the show today. We continue on, though. It's Bennett Woods, live from Padres Fantasy Camp 2024. We'll be right back after this on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. listeners this week for the trip to Las Vegas, but uh, with the chaos going around, we're actually going to put Take on Woods on hold for a few days, and I'm going to have uh, some 1984 Padres uh, trivia and games for uh, fans a little bit later in the show uh, when we come back after these guys go out for their doubleheader today. So uh, it's Ben and Woods uh, here in Peoria, Arizona, and Woods, why don't you introduce our next guest, one well, of our fellow fantasy campers. Here. We, we got a fellow fantasy camper. He's a uh, teammate of ours on the Neck Cutters. That's the name of our, our team. It's very uh, sadistic sounding name. It's it's way more innocent though when you hear how you know how it, it came to be. But our man Steve Richards is here, and welcome to the program. He's a tier one. He listens to the show. And uh, you are from where? Uh, from Brisbane, Australia. Brisbane, Australia. Home of Bluey, by the way. Bluey the cartoon that my kids absolutely adore. Uh, and so you're a Padres fan all the way from Brisbane. This is your first camp. Tell everybody kind of your story, how it, how it all came to be. Yeah, yeah. So first camp, flew over Friday on Flyback Monday. So I'm just here for the camp. Um, been a baseball player my whole life. My mum was a softball player, so got me didn't want me playing cricket sitting around doing nothing all weekend, at least baseball, you can be terrible and everyone gets four at bats kind of thing. Yeah. So I started playing baseball. Um, How big is, is baseball in Australia? Uh, it's, it's big juniors, a lot of T-ball players, a lot of junior players uh, for those reasons. So it's really popular there. Um, we got the national comp going again in the last 12 years. I had a break in the middle, but that's a decent size national comp, um, decent level. Big league clubs send players over, minor league players over, so it's... Might be that high A, low double A kind of level. So it's it's going pretty well. Yeah, cr- good crowds, like five, six thousand people kind of thing. That's pretty good. And and is it is I mean, I know the, there's a lot of fundamental differences in cricket and, and baseball, but does the major the majority of people still gravitate towards cricket? Uh it's it's footy in winter, cricket in summer. Got it. Mainly. Um a lot of the schools still do cricket kind of thing, but but um yeah, no baseball's definitely been a Popular sport for the last 20, 30 years awesome. at the junior level. So my question is, if you watch Padres games, like a typical like a night game in San Diego, when does that start in Australia? And that's that's a perfect thing for me. It's uh, a day games at 6 a.m. And, uh, <laughs> and a night games at midday. So I, right. I either watch games over breakfast or lunch. And uh, so I'll, if I'm at work, I throw uh, Jesse on the radio kind of thing, or I'll have it at like... Just a little screen. So like a Sunday afternoon game will come on Monday morning first thing. Yep. And like a Friday night game will be on Saturday in the middle of the day. Yep. Wow. Yep. Yep. Perfect, Tommy. God, can we do? Can we move to Australia yeah, and nice. do our show? Because that would be. That it's would just uh, a little weird having beers for opening day sometimes for the day yeah, game. Yeah. 6 a.m. Yeah, 6 a.m. beers. <laughs> that, that, that's okay. It's, you know. Well, he came in and we asked him how he was feeling. This is our, uh, this is our pal Steve Richards. He's on Polly and my team. He's, uh, he's from Australia. You know, long way to get here. 
uh, first camp, we said, "How you feeling this morning?" He says, "How'd you? How did you describe yourself?" A bit dusty. A bit dusty. And, yeah, I, and yeah. I thought, I thought when he said dusty, like sore. I'm kind of sore, old. You know, had to knock the rust off. No, what does dusty mean in, in Australian? Well, speak? as uh, after having, I guess, a couple of fireball shots with an ex Padre Cy Younger, um, a little bit hungover. A <laughs> little bit hungover. I yeah. have an idea who that might be. Yeah. He is, there's a couple. Uh, actually, there's a couple. There's a of couple candidates. That's true. <laughs> but I, I, something tells me I know exactly which one it was. Uh, man, it's it's so good to. to to have you here and, and to meet you and, and know that you came all the way out here for Padres Fantasy Camp. How did you become a Padres fan? And how big are the Padres over there? Uh, oh, don't see many Padres hats back there. It's kind of increasing the last couple of years. Obviously, with you know you guys see the increase in, in, um, in awareness with, with Taddy coming on. But um, I've got a couple of good mates who are Padres fans. One guy's from San Diego. Another guy played in the system when he was, he was younger. No kidding. Um, but, yeah, I kind of wanted to lock in with a team once I got better internet and the MLB TV package. I could watch games every day. Um, and I wanted a team where I could get on board for the first championship, which obviously we're still still waiting, still searching for, for, still yeah. waiting for that one. Um, a team that really had to build up. I didn't want to jump on a team that, you know, was established. So it definitely wasn't going to be a Dodgers fan or a Yankees fan kind of thing. Um, San Diego is very similar climate to where we are in Australia. And if I'm going to fly over, you're going to fly to the West Coast. So it's easy to get to type thing. So, and I was, you know, a fan of Tony Gwynn coming up. I liked watching PV play. Certain players always liked watching play when I watched random games. And yeah, Padres kind of locked into that. And And how, how diehard are you now? Uh, I'll, I'll watch most games. Here at Fantasy Camp. Good answer. You know, I tell my wife, you know, brown and gold goes with everything. Like, goes with nothing, so it goes with everything. That's exactly so, right. We were talking about that this morning. Yeah. yeah we were. Yeah. Uh, man, it's it's so good to have you over here. What, 13-hour flight? 13 to Vancouver and then down to Phoenix, yeah. Oh my God. Now, you've already got some fans in the fan, in the chat here. Australians don't normally do it for me, but I'll make an exception. <laughs> okay. Hannah Mancaro. Oh, my oh, life. Oh, that's yeah. my missus. I was going right, to yeah, ask, right. who's he? Oh, Fantastic. <laughs> Pretty much if you uh, if you wear a jock and a cup, she likes you. Yeah. Unless it's me. I'm the only baseball player, I think, that uh, she doesn't And there's like. been there's been a few uh, big leaguers from Australia. Liam Hendricks, one of the, yeah, the yeah. modern the notables guy. with a good story. Now, who's uh, your buddy that was in the system? Uh, his name was um, Mark Feathers, but that, it was double-A a long time ago. Nice. Paul Gonzalez played in, I think, double-A, triple-A a long time ago as well. Very cool. Very, very cool. Yeah, he's and, um, uh, and doing the research. Dave Nielsen's yeah. the most famous kind of Australian yeah. to come out. Uh, he, Milwaukee Brewers, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he coaches the the local team for a bit. Oh, he did, and now he's coaching the national team. Well, that's awesome, man. We uh, we did not have a great game yesterday. I think my throwing error definitely hurt us. We got to swing the bats a little bit better. Um, you know, left a lot of guys on. You got a big knock yesterday, yeah, huge knock. Uh, to help us get our comeback Had to score going. from first base as yeah, well. Yeah, you had to score from first, which is never fun. And then go back fun. out and run again. Yep. We, we, got, we need a few runners yeah, in Yeah, waved home all the way around. Yep. Windmill. Yeah. 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 Uh, plays a mean center field. So it's uh, when I'm on the bump, I'm going to let them hit it to you, and you make the play, and we'll try to win one of these games, I think bro. I'm throwing today as well. Are you throwing so. today too? Yeah. Good. All right, well, let's get after it. Go Thank do you. your meeting Steve, and all nice that. Steve, nice to meet you. Yeah, yeah, nice Ben Franco. Everybody. Nice to see you as well. Get Ben Franco. He's a listener. Ben That's Franco. for sure. He knows my, he knows my heritage. <laughs> Thank you, my friend. Awesome. We'll see you out there, buddy. All the way from Australia here at Fantasy Camp. So. Man, that is dedication. I mean, so the first time you came out here, how many Fantasy Campers were there? Only like 20. Yeah, so barely enough for two teams. Yeah. And now there's over Seven, 70. 72. Almost 80 fantasy campers. Uh, it has grown by leaps and bounds the last few years. I think there's six teams, um, you know, and they're, they're bringing more coaches out and more guests. And it is just, uh, it is such a dream to be able to do this every year, the highlight of our year, uh, to be sure. 
And, uh, man, just you, you meet people like that. You're like, bro, that is incredible. Flew all the way over here, gets up, watches those games at 6 a.m., uh, just a really, really cool guy. Not a ton of uh, MLB news over the weekend. Uh, again, as we get closer, I keep expecting maybe some of the – I mean, there's still about half of the top 25 free agents that are still available on the market, including Blake Snell. Uh, Frankie was telling me a report he saw earlier this morning that Scott Boris is asking for like nine years. What was it, Frank? $270 million or something yeah, for Blake Snell? Yeah, nine years, 275 and, 275 and that when teams like the Yankees and Giants heard that they just pivoted and the Giants with an interesting pivot uh this was either Friday or Saturday after our show when they signed Jordan Hicks yes yes to a four-year 44 million dollar deal and then said and we're making him a starter taking the 104 mile an hour flamethrower out of the bullpen and converting him to a starter which doesn't mean that they're necessarily out of the Blake Snell sweepstakes if the price comes down but you got the Yankees go out and sign Stroman the, the Giants, who were rumored on Snell, go out and now sign Hicks. And you're wondering if that market's starting to get a little tighter on the supply side for, for players like uh, Blake Snell, who are still out there and have not found a home yet you with, know, uh, with a month to go until spring training. And the Hicks thing is very, very fascinating to me. It, it, it feels like the way the Giants have been doing business the last few years. Now, Kapler's gone. That felt to me like a that's thing. a Gabe yeah. Kapler-esque move. But maybe it was never Kapler. Maybe it was always Farhan, right? So, But if you take Jordan Hicks and you say you've got this unbelievable velocity, can you dial it back a little bit, knowing that you have it in reserve? And you know, But there's, once you... He's not locked. He's not married. To, I, they don't have to start him every single no, game. No, no. And, and but I guess my and I'm sure the Giants know what they're doing. Yeah, and, and more they know so what the than plan we do. Is, but I look at a guy like Jordan Hicks and I go, if he dials it down, he's not Jordan Hicks anymore. Right. And he's got major control problems that are certainly a concern for any starter. Is he going to be able to get the ball over the plate? Maybe if he dials it down, he'll he'll you know. Improve on the control, and it'll be a win-win situation. But I thought that was one of the more... It was interesting. At least uh, out-of-the-box moves that I've seen in Major League Baseball this offseason with, uh, with the Giants making that move over the weekend. No question about it. And just, uh, we were talking to some folks out here, and, and you know, we, we told the, the, the live stream people last night. So when we come out here to Fantasy Camp, yeah, it's, it's about having fun. But it's also trying to get a little info. You know, and trying to talk to the people that are here around these players all the time. So just wanted to kind of convey to our listening audience. So we asked about some of the, the next wave, right? The Marcy's, the Paulies, uh, the Jackson Merrills. Some of whom are out here, like yes. Jackson Merrill they're, right now. They're out here right now Ethan working Salas. Salas, working on rookie camp. Now, we've already heard, you know, about Salas. Uh, he is uh, an old soul, if you will. Um, he is a guy that feels like he's been around a lot longer, carries himself a little bit more than a, how old is he? 17. 17-year-old. Uh, but as far as these other guys go, the Marcy's, the Paulies, the Mortarellas, the, the Jackson Merrills, you know, they came out here for that Arizona Fall League, and they dominated. They just they, they took souls out here. And I was asking some of the guys, to go, you know, I wasn't trying to be a cynic, but I said, hey, listen, Padre fans have heard before, the hot talent, lava, all that. None of those guys really materialized. That's and even, fair. And even, That's when, fair. even then, when they went to other places, they didn't really light anybody's hair on fire. I said, tell me your honest opinion about these guys. The guy looked at me. He goes, hey, these guys are dudes. They are straight up dudes. And I looked at him yesterday, and they were all having lunch. And I looked at him, and I said, all right, I can, you know, the old eye test for Moneyball. I looked at it, and I go, 
I can see it. I said, they're all, they all feel about 5 to 10 pounds away. They put on 5 to 10 pounds. They're going to have that look of a big leaguer. But they said they're all cool. They all work extremely hard, and they are all exceptionally, exceptionally gifted. And he said, look, I'm telling you, these be excited about these guys. These guys are legit. Speaking of working hard, you need to tell the story of what you saw Ethan Salas doing. Is that okay to share? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. that, hey, that, was, that was amazing to me. I've never seen anything like this, what man. What you described uh, seeing him do uh, in workouts here in Peoria. So if you're watching on YouTube, you'll be able to get maybe a better idea. But he's in a catcher squat, and he's got no glove on, and he's facing a brick wall just like this. So he's squatting, he's facing the wall, there's a guy behind him with a couple of balls. And he's flipping balls off the wall. And he's working on soft hands, right? Fine, locating the ball, it's over his head. So it's bouncing off the wall. He he's doesn't see it coming it. at doesn't all. See it could be coming, coming above his left, left side, right, right down, side, up. up, down, anywhere. And he can't see it until <laughs> it passes until it hits into the his wall peripheral and, vision yep, and, and hits the wall right in front of him. And he's got his glove hand, and it's just his hand, and he's just picking balls off the wall. And he didn't miss one. And the guy must – I watched the watch for – Three minutes, the guy's just boom, 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 boom. Off the wall, off the wall, off the wall. There was one, hit off the top, kind of dropped down. He he took his left hand and whoop, snatched it. Like, think about Mr. Miyagi in Karate Kid catching the, the chopsticks, uh, flies with the chopsticks. That's what he was like with his hand. He, he Danielson just, got whoop. one on the first he try. He did, first yeah. try. And he's, he's pick, 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 pick. So I was watching how he moved and just so calm, boom, 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 boom. It was... It was like watching a magician work. It really was. So, obviously, I think everybody's excited about him. The hype train on him is real. Um, talking to some of these guys out here, too, they said, they said, look, man, it, you know, hitting is when you get to the big leagues, if you can hit, they're going to find a spot for you. They will find a spot for you. So, I think, you know, the challenge is getting all these guys adjusted to and ready to um, play in the big leagues. Not only play, I think defensively some of these guys could, could start opening day. Can they hit? You know, and if they do hit, they will make an impact this year. Uh, is is what I was told here from somebody that's very very much in the know. So, on the way things are going, they might have to if the Padres are going <laughs> to you know be a playoff contender. They're going to have to get some help at some point yeah. from from some of these minor leaguers no, because it's exactly right. They just don't have. It looks like the wherewithal to fill every need this off season without dipping somewhat into the minor league system this year. Yeah, I mean, and I think what it does at at spring training. I think there's going to be a legitimate, legitimate competition uh, amongst some of these guys to, to, you know, make the squad or at least try to make the squad and, and be the next man called up. So, All right, we're going to take a uh, quick timeout. Just a reminder, you can always uh, catch uh, Boomer and Mike every uh, week. Boomer and Valenti. Boomer and Mike? Well, it's Mike Valenti. <laughs> All right. you know, it's like Ben and Woods, Boomer and... Boomer and Mike. Mike uh, and Esiason. Yeah, right. they'll, they'll uh, give you all their insight in the NFL every Friday night at 7 p.m. here on 97.3 The Fan and live on the Odyssey app presented nationally by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos brought to you by those who drink it and by Lowe's. Lowe's knows home improvement. Now, what do you guys uh, want to do next? Do we want to move, don't do this, and keep it rolling? Yeah, we let's keep do, it rolling. We got a, a little bit of a break. We're going to have Padres Hall of Famer. Jake Peavy scheduled to stop by at the bottom of the hour okay. here. they got a clubhouse meeting going on right now, and then he's going to stop by. All right, we'll just keep it rolling. We'll come back. I can do uh, Don't Do This a little bit later Perfect. if you guys are outside. It's Ben and Woods. We'll check traffic. Be right back here with more on 97.3 The Fan. Yeah. 
live at Fantasy Camp, Peoria, Arizona. We're going to be here all week long, and then we'll be back next month uh, at the end of February for Padres spring training. And I wonder, I'd assume in spring training we'll get to see, at least on the backfields, the newest member of the Padres signed uh, yesterday, officially yesterday when the international signing period opened, Leodales de Vries mm-hmm. from the Dominican Republic, 17-year-old shortstop who is ranked by most of the experts as the number one international prospect in all of baseball woods, just like Ethan Salas was the year before, and another guy the Padres very excited about, so much so that they, they pretty much devoted like 95% of their international bonus pool, $4.2 million, to make sure that they got him signed first thing as soon as that window opened yesterday. Yeah, switch hitting uh, infielder, you know, shortstop. We have, this is shortstops. We are the, the land of the shortstop here uh, in San Diego. But, you know, listen, he's, he can play, play up the middle. Um, power developing for the young man looks the part certainly six foot two um excited to be here potteries were excited to get him uh you know excited about him he's a 17 year old prospect though you by know, the way no, we wait. no no worries about positions at this point no he's 17 i mean when he's 23 24 Xander's going to be in his late 30s right. you know fernando's going to be 30 who knows if he's in the outfield where he is at that point when you're going for international prospects, you're going for the best. There's no, we're not signing for need at this point. Yeah, none of the these best player. Available. None of these guys. Even Ethan Salas, the most accelerated prospect that we've seen in a long time. I mean, it's going to be at least two or three years before he gets to the big leagues. Probably more for a guy like even DeVries, uh, who, who won't be fast tracked maybe as insanely as, as Salas was last year. Take your time. You know, he'll have a few years before we kind of get a glimpse of him in, on the big league level, I'm sure. But I know they're very excited about this kid and all the tools uh, that he brings, especially being a switch hitter. Toolsy players. Uh, it's what you want. It's what you want to build your, your team with. And, and, again, you know, to, to go back to some of the guys that we mentioned earlier, um, you know, I was texting with our buddies from Mad Fryer, and they said, look, you know, all these guys started in low A last year. Um, what, I'm, what I'm saying is – with an with a with so many holes on this team, and I think those holes will be filled. I don't know by whom. I don't know how much money the Padres have left in the coffers to go out and, and add players. Or, or and it, my gut tells me they're just waiting. They're waiting for prices to come down a little bit. Try to snap, you know, grab somebody while the while the 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 market comes down a little bit. But I think some of these guys will actually absolutely get a look get a look in spring training to compete uh and if not the the early part of the season opening day or whatnot you know the second half certainly uh and and my buddy at mad friars told me again he said you know some of the pitchers might be even a little more far along than that so the snellings the lascos guys like that you don't you hate to say it because people have heard it in san diego for a long time but the future as it stands today looks pretty good based on you know debris and some of the other guys that uh, that they've had. And, and i'll play the the bucket of cold water guy not that this is necessarily true but there is some thoughts around baseball that the padres have been too aggressive in their promotions of these players and if they do end up you know putting a, a marcy or someone at the big league level at the beginning or early in the 2024 season that that could that could actually hurt a player to, to move them along too quickly. But every person that we've ever talked to in development, and you're going to be talking to Chris Kemp uh, later. I think he, it was him that said it. I think AJ said it before. The player will tell you when they're ready. You know, the player tells you when they're ready. But you also um, have to be the right – you have to be listening to the right correct. things. Correct. 
you know, a player will always say, oh, yeah, I'm ready to no, 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 up. No, no, but not they're, literally. They're, they're, not they're, li- not they're, literally. Yeah. Their numbers, their Their demeanor, actions. their actions. I, I get that. Yeah. But you still have to trust the person who's making that evaluation in a round baseball. There are certainly people who think that A.J. Preller has been too aggressive. Maybe he's hearing those signs a little earlier than other GMs would hear those signs and move along some of his prospects. I mean, it's always dicey. It's always dicey with a prospect. You want to get excited, and you do get excited. Um, you know, and then you see how it, how it plays out. You see how they work. You see if they can hit. You see if they can succeed. You see if they can handle the grind, uh, if they can handle the pressure, all of that. How many top prospects, Benny, have we seen moved in the last couple of years as throw-ins on deals? You know, the, the Jared Kellenics of the world that they couldn't miss. That it was a can't-miss prospect for the Mets. I mean, I was told just back in 2022 that we wiped out our entire farm system right. in that trade with the Nationals right. for Juan Soto. Fast forward a year and a half, back in the top ten on everybody's prospect yeah. ranking list, and we got a handful of guys that we are very excited yeah, about. Yeah, no doubt. No, no doubt. It, it, undoubtedly, it's been a successful rebuild yep. of the minor league system to put it to a point where it's believed, at least around baseball, that there is talent, either that it's going to help the Padres or that it is desirable from other teams that yep. you can use in trades. That's already been done. Now, will they actually produce on the big league level? That question won't be answered until we actually see them on the big league level. Yep. And it's always the biggest, most unknown question of every prospect that comes up. And I got to tell you, man, as far as the rumor mill goes about about guys that that Preller and, and company are in on, I've not heard much, if anything, about oh, well, they're interested in in you know I don't even want to say his name, but Joey Gallo. You know, they're <laughs> they're interested in this guy, they're interested in that guy. It's it's really quiet. And it, it leads you to believe the worst that, well, maybe they just don't have the money to spend. So they will have three outfielders out there on opening day. That I do promise you they will. Don't know who they're going to be. Don't know what they're going to look like. Don't know where they're going to come from. Now, while the Padres used almost all of their money on DeVries, they had enough left over to sign what's believed to be going to be another dozen or so kind of minimum level prospects. But there are some that are uh, people are excited about. Matt Fryer's tweeting uh, yesterday, obviously, DeVries is the headline, but the Padres' long connection to the Diablos Rojos in Mexico continues to pay off as the deal with right-handed pitcher Humberto Cruz, widely seen as the best Mexican pitcher in this year's class, becomes official as well. The 17-year-old should begin stateside. So they're also going to you know, try to identify some maybe under-the-radar options, guys that they've developed a relationship that they're going to sign for less money as they uh, as they get right up to that cap of what their international uh, signing is. And one of the things that, that I'm interested in hearing from Chris Kemp when he joins us later, every team essentially has about the same. Padres actually had a little less of a bonus pool. They lost a million dollars for signing Xander Bogarts yep. because he was extended a qualifying offer um, by the Boston Red Sox. So they actually had less money than other teams. When everybody's on an equal playing field and you can't offer more money, how do you convince a 16-, 17-year-old in the Dominican or Venezuela that you're the right organization for them? Yeah. Because you can develop a relationship with them. You can scout them for years since they're 12, 13 years old. But there's other teams that can jump in. They can jump in later and go, yeah, I know the Padres have been on you for two years, but in the big league level, you know, the Cardinals, the Yankees, they can all come in. Oh, yeah, with more and, money. And make these offers, maybe a little bit more money. Usually the same, though. They're, this is the one This is the one level playing field in baseball where every team is essentially operating with about the same budget. Sure. So how do they convince 
an international prospect to sign with your team other than because I guarantee you there's 29 other teams that would have loved Leodales DeVries if he had chosen them. They would have said, yeah, we'll, we'll devote most of our budget sure. to this guy. That's a good question. But he, he picked the pot raise, and apparently he had had his mind set on it because, I mean, they had the press conference set at 7 a.m. to introduce and, you know, for Kemp to talk about him yesterday as soon as it opened. So they knew they were going to sign him. There was no doubt in their mind that they had locked down this guy. What do the Padres do to get these international prospects like Salas and DeVries to pick them over the 29 other teams? It's a really good question. Um, interested to see what he says. I would imagine that it's time. You know, I would imagine that it's time and care and constant touching, you know, and, and I think human beings, they want to be wanted. You know, they want to be wanted. They want to, they want to be told that, hey, you're a huge part of this team, this organization. Um, you know, you're the guy that we want, and we're going to put all our eggs in your basket. Uh, but he also said, I believe in his press conference, he loves the Padres and, and has. It was his favorite team, so I'm sure that didn't hurt. Uh, that went in their favor, too. But, yeah, it's a really good question for Chris. All right, uh, as I understand it, they're going to wrap up the uh, meeting in there, and we're going to be joined by our second Padres Cy Young Award winner of the morning. That's right. Neither <laughs> of them being Blake Snell, the reigning Cy Young Award winner, Jake Peavy going to be with us uh, from Padres Fantasy Camp when we return. More Ben and Woods live from Peoria, Arizona coming up on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Joe Musgrove trolling us. <clears throat> I, he, it has to be. It's got to be. It's got to be a troll. Uh, Instagram uh, picture of Joe working out in, in the weight room with kettlebells with what appears to be bare feet. I think those are foot-colored <laughs> shoes that slide right on. Steel-toed foot-colored shoes? Yeah, yeah. I think they're those ones that, that you just slide in, and they're very protective. I think that is a troll for some reason. I think he's like, hey, watch this. Let's drive everyone absolutely insane before the season starts. Obviously, that injury uh, last year set the Padres back, set Joe back. Um, it was a weird year, you know, by, by all standards. So, hopefully... Uh, he makes it through the training process unscathed. I certainly admire the work that uh, he puts in all the time. Uh, really, you know, the, the work ethic is, is always there with Joe, and he knows what he's doing. Freak accidents will happen, I guess. Uh, I would be working out in, in steel-toed Timberlands, though, Benny, if I were him. Uh, but he's going to do it his own way. You know, if he is healthy, I would expect uh, another season from Joe Musgrove. Yeah. I also am expecting a bounce back here from you, Darvish. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year uh, you certainly I mean I think he had some issues that weren't necessarily widely talked about during the season health issues uh, his numbers were not you Darvish like uh, he had a couple of pitches that just weren't working the way that I think he normally gets them going but I, I still think with the arsenal that you Darvish has if anyone's going to have success and we talked about the kind of crazy contract extension that he got and, and, you know, into his 40s and how old he's going to be. But in terms of the craftiness, the number of pitches that he throws, 
it feels like you Darvish could be successful later into his career, and I certainly expect in the next couple of years to still be strong, even if you're concerned about the end of that contract extension. And I don't think the Padres ever envisioned you still being a dominant starter in years you know, five and six of that contract extension. I think they do think that the first half of that deal, though, he's still going to be a top-of-the-rotation type pitcher. I mean, yes, at some point the velocity is going to tick down. He could still... I mean, he still gets it up 97, 98 at times. Yes. But he only does that, you know, a handful of times a game. He doesn't rely on that, you know, with every batter. It's it's almost his off-speed pitch is his fastball, that he's going to hit you with all the movement, the, the slow stuff, the breaking balls, and then he's going to change speeds on you by throwing at 98, which makes that an incredibly effective 98 compared to what, I mean, I know it sounds ridiculous, but it's almost a pedestrian 97 to 98 for some guys who throw it all the time. I mean, guys are so used to it now that that's, that's pretty much the speed limit that you're used to in Major League Baseball for most starters. Yeah, I don't uh, – he's such a student of pitching and such, a, um, such an artist with a ball in his hand and knows really what he wants to do. And I, I think you're right. I think the back was bothering him uh, a little bit last year. I know he tried to play through some stuff. And I know he, he spent some time on the shelf as well. So – if he comes out healthy, Ben, he is. I'm very confident. Uh, anytime he has the ball in his hands, if a healthy you Darvish, I will take my chances against you know against any lineup. You know he has the ability to move the baseball, put it wherever he wants, change speeds, 14 pitches in his arsenal or whatever. Uh, Joe Musgrove's another one. If he has the ball and he's healthy, I'll take my chances. Let's go. Let's 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 all gear up and, and go after each other. But um, you know beyond that, Michael King uh, did throw a bullpen this week. Um, and talked to somebody that was there, said it was nasty, said his sinker will absolutely play. He's going to get a ton of ground ball outs, um, said it looked really, really good. He's feeling good. So there's a there's a pretty good top three there. Yeah, I think the difference, though, between last year and this year, obviously, is that last year the Padres were able to overcome Joe's injuries, use mediocre season because, well, they had Blake Snell, who was incredible, especially after – you know, uh, May, and then they had the surprise years from Seth Lugo, yep. from Michael Walker, that turned their pitching, their starting pitching staff, really into one of the best in baseball in terms of numbers. I don't think they do that again unless Joe and, and you have good seasons. Correct. That's what's different. They'll, yeah, I think Michael King and, and maybe at least one of the other two guys they got from the Yankees could, could step up. We may still see another move at, at some point. But it's hard to envision the Padres – having anywhere near as an effective of a starting pitching rotation without both of those guys pretty much making every start and having typical seasons that we would expect from them. If either of them, both of them miss significant time, drop off and are just mediocre, you know, four, four ERA type pitchers, this pitching staff is going to take a, a pretty big step back, which is going to be not devastating if the offense can take a step forward, but it's certainly going to make the job a lot harder. So, those two guys, very key going into spring training next month. You know, and, and I know the, the depth uh, isn't there yet. It's still very well maybe uh, as we get closer to spring training. But, you know, we went into last season uh, with the pitching saying, ah, who knows? What are we going to expect from from Blake Snell? What are we going to expect from Michael Walk and Seth Lugo? Two guys that surprised the hell out of us. And I'll, I'll say this, and I know he'd won a Cy Young before, but Blake Snell surprised the hell out of me last year. And I think he surprised a lot of people in baseball. So... I don't know of too many fans of, of teams that look at their rotation and go, whew, 
We are good to go. We are good. There's question marks everywhere. Your Dodger Even the fans, Dodgers you are, have question yeah. marks. 100%. You got guys coming off an of injury. You don't know what they're going to be able to give you. Um, you know, it, it. when we start to get worried usually about something, history is proven. It's going to be something else. Right, if we get really worried about the pitching, the pit, well, pitching actually pitched really well, and the offense sucked, and uh, you know, vice versa. We thought the offense last year was going to carry the team most of the year, and they could never really get it get it into gear. What's going on in there? I don't think Mike Schilt's first meeting with his new team is going <laughs> to last this long as the meeting that's been going on at fantasy camp uh, in the Padres clubhouse they, here in Peoria. They do this uh, every year. <laughs> They have it's like the strength and conditioning coordinator, one of the guys out here, and he talks about what these kids and these the prospects and even the major leaguers what they go through and how it compares to what we're going through out here. And it's kind of a big pulling like, back the curtain rah rah okay. speech and getting everybody motivated and fired up. So uh, we're working with Tom Seidler right now. We will still have Jake Peavy. Okay. Uh, it may not be this segment, but we're going to push it probably to 8 o'clock. Okay. All right. Before you get I think everything's, get, everything's getting pushed back just a little bit. Which is more than fine. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, let's so check. 38 degrees outside right now. So push it back like three hours. <laughs> let's fine by me. Oh let's God. check traffic. And then when we come back, if we're going to get Jake later, let's talk about how excellent – our NFL picks were. Hope oh you guys made a ton of money Friday. How of just phenomenally we did in our super wild card round picks. <laughs> now do you know why I hate doing this segment every single year? Coming, coming up after a check of traffic on 97.3 The Fan. Right, I just want to make it known that if you listen to my advice and you pick the Kansas City Chiefs <laughs> to win and cover the spread on Saturday night against the Miami Dolphins... You cashed that ticket on Saturday night as my football lock of the week. And I got every I got every other pick wrong, Woods. I would finish dead last, one out of six in our in our picks in the NFL, and uh, you did a little bit better. You got three out of the six. Got three correct. out of six, fifty percent. Yeah. Uh, still better than I think Colin Cowherd uh, and some of the national guys did, but right. it's not an easy thing to do, man. Picking against the spread, it's why uh, gambling is gambling. And, Paul, you got two of the six right. So, yeah. in our one point round, Woodsy now leads three to two to one. And Woodsy had Casey, Buffalo, and the Rams plus three. I had Tampa Bay and Kansas City, and Ben had Kansas City. You know, and I don't. I don't regret necessarily some of my picks. The um, yesterday's game, the Steelers, they got off to a little slow start, a couple of turnovers that absolutely killed them early. But they they played with them in the second half. They had a chance to cover backdoor they cover. They did, at the end, man. But, yep. Uh, but they weren't able to get it done. I think that Lions Rams game was a great game. I Phenomenal. took the Lions, but I thought I thought it was going to be exciting, and it was. It was very entertaining. Uh, Lions were not able to cover. They did win. I think the Cowboys lost. Shocked oh everyone. My God, come man. on. I, it, you I know, mean, I, I thought that was going to be a blowout for the Cowboys, and pretty much everybody else did. My buddy sent me our segment that we did about it, and, you know, I said, all right, how about them Cowboys? I'm taking them, right? And then you started talking about it, and I said, then again, it's the Dallas Cowboys in the playoffs. And for whatever reason, you know, I grew up in that, that area. I've never really been a Cowboys fan, but I grew up in that area. Back then, Ben? They would have won that game by 40. I mean, they were just, with Aikman and Irvin and Emmett and all the guys that they had, Moose Johnson, uh, um, Jay Novacek, it was no-brainer. They just used to roll through teams like that. Uh, and to see them go out there and not only lose, 
but just get crushed at home where, you know, they've been playing so well. Green Bay's got to be feeling a lot of confidence right now. Now, I don't think they're going to advance, but, man, they didn't just win. They manhandled uh, I, the Cowboys. I think it's maybe unfair to call it a coming-out party for Jordan Love, yeah. but anyone who had any, like, questions remaining about whether that guy could be a, a top-flight-level quarterback, looks like the Packers now have their – their third one in a row. Yeah. Just Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, now Jordan Love, and probably set for another decade in Green Bay with a team that you think is going to maybe contend now in the next couple of years for some Super Bowl titles. So I, I don't feel bad about the Cowboys no. pick, though. You know I, who I love watching? Everyone. We all got this game wrong as well. We all picked Cleveland. Yep. Okay. Uh, that was such they a, were minus two against Houston. That was such a, 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 a pick that I got. I got talked into. I saw the, the numbers. Joe Flacco in the wild card game, five and zero, had never lost. Was yeah. he, he was out talking? He too. was out talking too about how they're going to make magic, and I, I bought into it like a fool. That one, how I re- fun was C.J. Stroud? He was watch, unreal, man. man. That one I regret a little bit because Houston was at home. They were playing with such great energy, and at some point that Cinderella run for Joe Flacco it never made any sense that no. he was playing as well as he did. And he wasn't the reason they lost. Uh, Houston just outplayed him at every turn. Well, two pick sixes don't help at all. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was chucking ducks up, and, and yeah. it, it was it was pretty So that brutal. one I felt a little bad about. Last night, I felt like an idiot. I, I thought the Eagles might still be able to turn it back on. The Eagles we saw at the end of the regular season were the Eagles that went into the postseason. They, they, weren't, they weren't just a, a not very good playoff team. They are just not a good team at all. By the end of the year, they won 10 of their first 11. Was and then, they looked like a juggernaut. You know, and then it turned on its ear, and they were one of the worst teams in football down the stretch, and they looked like it in the playoffs. They did not look like a playoff team. That wasn't a great Tampa Bay Bucks team no. that slaughtered them 32-9 to last night. Let's not make a mistake and all of a sudden say, ooh, Tampa Bay Bucks, they're really good. No. No, the Eagles are simply were a bad football team at the end of the season. Well, and they were, you know, they're saying on the broadcast last night, Troy Eggman said, hey, make no mistake. Nobody had the Buccaneers being here. Nobody. Nobody picked the Bucs uh, at all. With Baker Mayfield on a one-year deal, congratulations to him. Always been a, a player I really liked. I like the way he plays. Uh, you know, he didn't succeed in Cleveland. Who does? <laughs> Who does succeed in Cleveland? You know, the, the places where you go, if you're a quarterback, you go there to die. What is he He's had six different head coaches and eight seasons yeah. in football. Hard to, hard to get into a groove on that level with that kind of turnover with the guys who are telling you what to do. He looked he looked like OU Baker Mayfield last night. He looked really, really good. So congratulations to the Bucks. It's funny, I picked the I think I picked the Eagles too, yeah. but I bet the Bucks last night. I took the Bucks money line and the points. Did I hear Eagles started ten and one and finished the year losing six out of seven? Six yeah, out of seven. Including the playoff game. My God. Terrible. So and, uh, legendary Jason Kelsey called it a career. Called it a career. He was out this early this morning. Yeah, he didn't announce it last night. But I people, thought he did it to, at his locker. People, he told his, teammates. told his teammates. He told his teammates, but he didn't tell the media. That came out this morning. But people were noticing at the end of the game that he seemed, I mean, who wouldn't be upset with the way your team was playing? He but just there was a, sad. There was a reason for the extra bit of sadness that he knew that he was about to say goodbye and it was going to come at a really miserable end for the Eagles. But, yeah. You know, they, they had their moments and, and they've had a good run. The question now is, with coaches like Bill Belichick and Mike Vrabel and Jim Harbaugh, Pete Carroll out <laughs> and available, Pete Carroll and interviewing for jobs, do a couple of these teams that lost in the wild card round pull the trigger and make a change? Nick I, I Sirianni, would, I Mike would, McCarthy. I would be, 
I, I actually thought McCarthy would be done today. I thought today at the latest he would be out in Dallas. I mean, with, with some of the names that are out there, I mean, it makes way too much sense for Jerry Jones to go out and hire a guy like Bill Belichick. It makes way too much sense. He doesn't like to cede control, though, and neither does Bill Belichick. So that could be uh, that could be a little bit of oil and water. Now, but... Jerry, Jerry worked a short time with Jimmy Johnson and then, of course, clashed. Uh, Bill Parcells was there, and they made it work for a while. Could they, they never won a Super Bowl, though. Could they, in a short term, like knowing that Bill's only going to be there – I mean, this is the end for Jerry, too. 100%. I mean, he's he's 80-something yeah. years old. Is there a, a thought that, hey, this is our best chance, last last run, let's see what we can do with Bill Belichick? I could see it P- happening. Potentially. But the Belichick to the Falcons uh, interview, it, like you, I had to check it for a, a, a burner account. I thought it was, was fake, but it actually happened yesterday. A darn Schefter? Yeah, I thought it was a darn Schefter <laughs> that got me again. But, no, that was real. Um they really, really interviewed him yesterday. They don't, they don't have a bad roster. They need a quarterback, though. Yes. Uh, you know, Desmond Ritter, I don't think I don't think's the guy. Is Bill Belichick going to go to a situation where they've got to develop a young quarterback? Because that didn't work very well for him the last New. couple of years with Mac Jones in New England. Seems to me it makes more sense for him to go somewhere with a quarterback in place. Uh, the things, you know, are a little more settled, a little more close to a playoff contender. Because Bill... Yeah, he's probably only got three or four more years left in coaching tops if he does take another job here. So, I don't know, Dallas makes a lot of sense. It does. I thought maybe Buffalo could be a place if they lost. They didn't. They looked looked awfully good, and and I would see at this point that Sean McDermott's probably pretty safe with the way he turned that season around and the way he has the Bills playing later in the year. What a weekend for Buffalo. My Uh God. They had uh, fans out there shoveling snow and and postponements and all that. Making 20 bucks an hour to come out to uh, the Bills Stadium and just shovel snow. Still plenty of snow left. They were throwing, chucking snowballs onto the field, a bit of a problem during the game yesterday. I saw a tweet that said the NFL made $18.6 billion this year, and they're paying residents 20 bucks an hour to go out and shovel. All right, when we come back... The great Jake Peavy is going to stop by. He is uh, coaching against Woods and I in oh, the yeah. first oh, game today. That's right. right. We've got some Him gamesmanship potentially going on here. Hour number three, Ben and Woods live from Padres Fantasy Camp in Peoria. Coming up next on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan.
Padres uh, fantasy camp yes, in fantasy Peoria, camp. Arizona. Yes. I was about to say spring training. I'm <laughs> month early for it's, that. It's kind of spring training. But let's get right to it. I know you guys got a game coming up, and you actually are going up against one of the coaches. Your opposing team is former Padres Cy Young Award winner Jake Peavy, who joins us right now on 97.3 The Fan. Jake, it is good to see you again. Welcome back to Peoria. Great to be back in Peoria. What a complex. I haven't been here in some time to see this complex. Um, like you said, Woodsy, this is spring training. It is. It's spring training yeah. for us, uh, us old guys. Now, you, this is your first fantasy camp. That's right. Which is, uh, which is what do you think? What are your thoughts? Yeah, look, I, I, I didn't know what to expect, honestly. I, I've, I fell in love with it. Just simply the camaraderie. There are so many people here, 70 plus of us, who love the game of baseball. Uh, you wonder if you're going to have anything in common or something to talk about with, with complete strangers that you're meeting on a constant basis. Um, we're all in love with the baseball. Most of us are in love with the Padres um, and, and what's going on around the team. So uh, a lot of fun. We're 1-0, and too, and about to be 2-0 and after we get uh, oh, right? shots fired. <laughs> know, Woodsy, uh, well, we'll you see. know, Woods uh, and Paul have lost about, what's your? About seven eight, straight. Seven straight fantasy camp games dating back to previous fantasy camps. So. Brutal. They're itching for a victory today. Well, not going to happen here in the, in the next uh, few hours, right. if I can help it. I mean, listen, it's uh, the, the bitter taste of defeat. It tastes like I took a, an aspirin and chomped it up in my mouth and washed it down with black coffee. That's how it tastes. It's been so long. But, uh, listen, we're going to go out there and give our, our very best effort, which is all we can do. Um, but, man, it's good to see you out here. You've been working with the pitchers. Now, I know we were talking about your, your stint, and you're still with the Savannah Bananas, which I think is just a fascinating, fascinating uh, new part of baseball. Uh, tell everybody a little bit more about the Bananas and what you're doing with them. Yeah, the Savannah Bananas have st- stolen my heart. Like you said, uh, around the game of baseball, they have so many young people uh, you know, so fired up. I've never seen anything quite like this. It's a different form of baseball. We call it banana ball. But I just got to know Jesse Cole and really reached out. Um, and for the first time, they they went on the road. They came to Mobile, Alabama, my hometown. I, I called over and, and got in touch and said, man, why don't you guys take this thing on the road? And they were already looking to do that. So the first time that they took the show on the road in 2021 on the backs of COVID, uh, Mobile, Alabama showed out. I would happen to be there. I threw out the first banana is all I did in that game. <laughs> first banana. But I can tell you this. You can't imagine how – and it was close, close to happening in Petco Park. We almost uh, pulled it together to where we came to Petco. It just didn't quite work itself out. Hopefully we can make that happen. It will someday. It, yeah. it will. I can tell you this. It's not going anywhere. I, I look forward um, to watching it grow. If you've never been in a baseball game where the fan catches a foul ball it's an out. and it's an out, it is as electrifying of a moment as I've ever seen. Uh, it, it's um, And they're good ball players. Oh, These guys can play. And only getting better because of, of guys getting out of, of, of pro ball and wanting to, to stay relevant. Like I said, I, I can see things possibly in, in the future of this being uh, – Leagues, a league with, with with different teams, but who's the guy you were telling me about with the Instagram? Uh, Jackson Olson, the, the third baseman. When you when you look at all of these guys and what the Savannah Bananas themselves have done social media wise, and now it's it's transitioning into the players. Some of these guys are, are they have millions of followers, more than anybody in, a, in the major league level has, uh, even more so than than our teams, Boston Red Sox and the, the Yankees. So you think some of these huge fan bases, and when you see what the Savannah Bananas are doing. Is that amazing? Yeah. You're going, right? Uh, hey, yeah, we're going to come to the, the – uh, we're bringing our, our son for his uh, sixth birthday. We're going to come back out to Peoria. I'll be out here way too much in the next couple of months. <laughs> but you won't be at the Peoria game, which is a bummer. 
Um, but it, it's just fun. It's complete fun. You want to go to the ballpark, be entertained, and have fun. You can't. I don't know if you can have any more than being with the bananas. What's your best like baseball trick? Like trick with the base. I mean, everyone's seen you catch the ball without looking on the mound. That great video. You didn't really do anything there, though. <laughs> right. No, that was you just, just Buster Posey having the golden touch, and yeah. only him could have thrown it in there. Right into um, your glove. But you know, everyone plays around with a baseball. You know, two baseballs at once. You you know, golf. You see Tiger Woods hitting it from your knees. Do you ever try any trick? Anything? I, I wish I did. I, you know, I, I when I pitch now a few times for the bananas and and they've asked me to get creative i think you guys remember when i would go between the white lines i don't like to be embarrassed yeah. and I, yeah. I, I it's business and i don't want to um we'll get hit around you know i'm going out there on a mission so uh i, I tell you what i did I, I pulled my gold glove off the, was the, awesome. the, the yes. trophy and just end up taking it out there <laughs> and, and saying hey look I, I i'm gonna need this thing probably with the way they're uh they're gonna hit the ball against me but uh, I, I wish i had some um more trick plays light it on fire or something like Uh, yeah i I tell you what i'm gonna do i'm gonna watch uh, around and and come up with a little bit of a a stick i'm hoping to be a part and and pretty sure i'm I'm gonna play in fenway with the bananas this year so um i don't know if you guys know i did buy a duck boat up yeah Yeah, i heard about that I, I, i think they're um I think there needs to be some kind of entrance into the game. Duck or boat, I think the duck boat needs to make an appearance in, in Boston when the bananas it. are at Fenway this summer. That's amazing. We're talking to Jake Peavy here uh, on Ben and Woods this morning. Now, we had Jake on. He was our opening day guest. Uh, it was the, the day you went into the uh, Padres Hall of Fame. And there were a lot of high hopes that day. A lot of high hopes that day for, for last season. Obviously, it's baseball. It doesn't work out the way you want it to. As you watched the team last year, give us kind of your, your overarching thoughts on, on what went wrong how they can fix it, um, you know. Padre fans, I think this off season, they're looking for a reason to be uh, to feel a little bit of hope again. The glass is a right. little bit, it's a little bit half empty at this point. Um, knowing that that hope springs eternal. Hey, man, everybody's got a clean slate on opening day. What are your thoughts on on what they need to do? Well, I think we need to come together as a bunch and really get a, a common goal within the guys in that clubhouse. I think Schiltze is the absolute right guy. Uh, I was pulling for, for Nevin as well, but the Padres got this decision right. And that is nothing against Nevin at all. Nevin's going to make a great manager somewhere else. But I believe for the time and place, Mike Schilt is the guy to, to lead the charge. Well, what I would tell Padre fans is, look, there's a ton of talk about the Dodgers. They're not going to go anywhere. Um, I, I, I won a World Series in 2014, and we didn't win the division. You don't have to win your division. Look at Arizona. Look at Philadelphia and their postseason runs. You just got to get in. And now it's easier than ever with the spots to get in. So uh, we're not going to go in the season being the favorites. The, the Giants are going to wake up, and they're going to spend some money and be okay. The Arizona Diamondbacks were in the World Series. We got some work to do. We know that. But, look, when some of the expectations around the club are, are, are lightened, as they have been, you, you can uh, you, you kind of you free up. You, you shake it off a little bit. You know, the one trade is, is certainly going to give some opportunity for some other guys to step up. But um, I, I look forward uh, to Xander bouncing back. I look forward to watching Joe Musgrove and, and, and you out there for 30 starts. Xander bounces back and does what he's supposed to do with Manny and Fernando. And, and if Joe makes 30 starts as well as you, this Padre team is a force to be reckoned with still. You get in the playoffs, 
make that run. Talking to Jake Peavy and uh, Jake, what was your reaction? Some of the deals we've been seeing for pitchers this offseason. <laughs> I mean, 325 million for a guy who hasn't thrown a pitch in the big leagues. Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Now, you did pretty well. I imagine a guy like Randy, who you know made five dollars pitching to win a Cy Young Award back when he pitched, looks at the numbers him. now. Kill him. That's got. I mean, that's got to hurt a little bit. I mean, even. Even guys who didn't have good seasons are still catching in with 10-digit <laughs> ten, ten deals this offseason. Yeah, no, it's, it's wild. Um, I, I love seeing the guys get paid. Uh, I'm, I'm a player at heart, yep. and guys go out there and do what they're supposed to do, and, and, and uh, I want them to get paid accordingly. Um, it, it's, it's wild to, to see some of it. i tell you this. Um, I don't want to talk too much about the, the, the evil empire up north, but – uh, Yamamoto got $300 million, uh, for a reason. I know he hadn't thrown a pitch in the big leagues, but I expect in this kid, this splitter is devastating. Um, when we face him, we'll have to hopefully guess right and hit that fastball. The fastball's gettable. Um, but if he gets ahead of you. He's throw the splitter every pitch. Yeah, he can't throw it every pitch. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, uh, the problem is it looks like the fastball. <laughs> you know, uh, he, he, I tell you, this kid's a force to be reckoned with and, and, and we'll have to uh, bow our necks and, and beat him Padres tapping into that agent market with uh, a couple of interesting right. relievers as well with the one with a splitter and uh, both sides of the ball coming in and uh, at least bolstering the bullpen so some of the moves that Padres have made this offseason your thoughts yeah no I, I think you know I, I was concerned about the innings that we lost when, when you talk about Waka and, and, and Nick Martinez and, and some of the guy yeah. and, and Hader and there's a lot of innings from guys that that we didn't expect a Lugo yeah that were lost. Monsters. So I, I, I think having to get creative uh, without the, the payroll that we've had the last few years to go sign some guys, you lose Snell and the guys I just mentioned, it's a lot of your innings. So where are those going to come from? Some of the signings we will see if, if those work out. I'm certainly excited that uh, that it looks like we've got some replacements for those innings because Michael Walker and, and Lugo, Nick Martinez, they had outstanding years for us and, and – do you know much about Michael King? Because uh, he threw a pen, I guess, and, and looked, looked pretty nasty. Sinker, I know you're a big fan of the sinker as I, well. I think Michael King will be um, – I, I think he's going to be a front end of the rotation guy. Awesome. What this guy did down the stretch, uh, I, I give Brian Cashman and all those guys the credit. That deal doesn't get done on the Yankees' side if they don't take King and put him as a starter yeah. in the world, get to see what he does. I think that this guy will be – talked about in the same breath as Joe Musgrove at the top of this rotation all season long. I love, I love it. I mean, if he was a free agent, based on just what he did at the end of last season, oh, yeah. he he'd he be making huge, huge money, money this offseason. The Padres getting a, a real bargain, I think, with Michael King the next couple of years. Before you guys go, because I know you're going out, I said this to Jake uh, off the air, but you're doing a great job on MLB Phenomenal. Uh, Network, you, on TV. It was last year, it was kind of your first full season kind of on, on the desk. Just give me your thoughts on, on how that went for you. I mean, I, I'm always jealous because you were a obviously top of the game pitcher, and now you look settle into my craft, television, <laughs> well, radio. Well, look at him, too. He's, doing yeah, so he's well. stunningly. Know, he's stunning to look he's at. Easy to, easy to look he's at. easy on the eye. Uh, he sounds stop. good, though, when he's up there, too. Well, I, look, baseball is, is all I know, and, and I – and I, I told you earlier in this interview, I'm a player first, and I understand how hard the game is to play. And, and so I just want to respect the players. I want to give an honest assessment. And so when I'm up there, I, I, I want people to understand that uh, we've thought through this. As you guys prep for the shows, there's some prep work that goes into it. I, I'm learning the craft. I never in a million years thought I would be sitting in the seat I am. I, I'm super grateful for it. I want to grow the game of baseball. We talk about the bananas. I want to have fun. I want people to tune in because we're going to be fun, entertaining, and we love baseball. 
Awesome. So, so you won't mind me bat flipping you guys today. Not at all. Right, cool. Not Sounds at good. all. Got to make right. contact first. Showmanship, boys. baby. <laughs> JPV, uh, Padres Cy Young Award winner, one of the fantasy camp coaches here. Guys, uh, you, you got to get Yeah, we're jamming. Thank okay. you, Benny. We all love right, you. So I'm going to take over here. Uh, well, certainly, if anyone stops by, we will uh, talk to anyone that sits by the table here the next couple of hours. But do want to get into some of the other uh, San Diego sports stories, including uh, the Aztecs lost to New Mexico on Saturday. Uh, the dropping out of the rankings yet again out of the top 25 with just one loss. And we're giving away some tickets to the Aztecs-Nevada game tomorrow night at Viejas Arena. Very important game for San Diego State to bounce back. We'll get to all of that coming up. Check the traffic. Be back with more from Peoria, Arizona. Bennett Woods on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Pondering over like a uh, mother hen just to make sure everything goes well. Go out, enjoy yourself. Go, go have, get a win for once. Okay, come on. I don't want to. I don't want to hear talk about another loss tomorrow uh, at fantasy camp. Uh, we're going to continue on until ten o'clock this morning here on ninety-seven three. The fan Ben Higgins in Peoria, Arizona. Frank Marchese back in our Odyssey Studios in San Diego. Italian Paul. Good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning, Ben. Excellent to see you. Bright, uh, bushy tail. Thank you for getting up early all this week. So I can come out here uh, for the first time, and uh, we'll talk a little bit more about just my kind of first impressions here of Fantasy Camp. Now, obviously, I'm not, I'm not playing, but these guys are so happy being here. I mean, the smiles on the faces of all these campers, just they're absolutely delighted uh, to be here. And if it's something you ever thought about, we'll talk about uh, some of the details this week. Uh, I don't think it's for me. I'm I'm not ready to go out and field ground balls and take, you know, fastballs to the chin to try to get out of the way. I think uh, my playing days are long behind me, but it is fun to be out here this week and see what's going on. Um, we got some giveaways still on the program today, as I said earlier. Not doing take on Woods, but we'll give you an opportunity to qualify for a trip to Las Vegas coming up in our next hour. Got some Padres 1984 trivia games uh, this week uh, since we're honoring the 40th anniversary of the 1984 team. We'll get to that. And in just a couple of minutes later this segment, we're going to give away a pair of tickets to the Aztecs-Nevada game tomorrow night at Viejas Arena. I wanted to jump in right there to San Diego State. Uh, If you watched on Saturday, nationally televised beatdown by the New Mexico Lobos at the pit, 88-70. to Uh, The Aztecs I'm not going to just blame it all on the officials. I know that's what you're thinking Ben's going to do because I did complain on Twitter, and some people agreed with me. Some people said, hey, sour grapes. It's possible for both a team to get hosed by the officials and also get outplayed, and and I thought both went on in that game at New Mexico. It is very hard, though, when you're not able to play the kind of game that you want to to go on the road, especially in a tough conference like the Mountain West, against a good team like New Mexico, and, and really have a chance to pull off a win. And you looked at some of the numbers from that game on Saturday. And, and again, officiating, you know, it, go, it can go both ways. I'm sure New Mexico fans had some complaints about some of the calls. Jaden Ledee, though, has established himself as one of the premier college basketball players at drawing fouls and getting to the line. He's done it every single game. And watching that game, I did not notice Jaden Ledee 
like not playing his game, not going to the basket. He was going to the basket. He was getting hammered, and they just weren't calling fouls. He went to the free throw line three times the entire game. This is a guy who has drawn up to 15 fouls in a game that has shot 10 to 20 free throws almost every single game. It's a it's a major part of what San Diego State is doing offensively. So you just take that away from them. You know, the Aztecs just didn't have any other answers for, for what to do. And then when the Lobos uh, went on the 17-0 run late in the first half to erase the early 12-point Aztec lead, and then they got they caught fire in the second half with the home crowd pulling them on. Uh, San Diego State lost their composure a little bit as things uh, went out of control. And New Mexico certainly outplayed the Aztecs in the second half of that game. But are you telling me, first of all, that Jaden Ledee only had three free throw attempts the whole game? He didn't get fouled any other times going to the basket. That that's pretty ridiculous. The other the other stat that was mind blowing. New Mexico blocked a program record 14 shots against the Aztecs. The Aztecs were not a team that had a lot of shots blocked going into that game. New Mexico was not a team that blocked a ton of shots going into that game. So that number is incredibly out of character. Did they really block all those shots, or did they get you know, some fouls, some arm, and it just wasn't being called by the officials? The evidence points to San Diego State getting hosed by the referees in that game again i'm not trying to take anything away from the lobos they're a good team and they played very well and they deserve to win that game but officials need to be better they need to you know they need to see what's going on out there and i thought the aztecs uh, certainly came up on the short end of most of those calls so now san diego state has to bounce back as they uh, host nevada tomorrow night and the Wolfpack coming into that game, Steve Alford coming in with a 15-2 and record. They're looking for a signature win. They're one of those teams that is a, uh, even with their record, kind of a bubble NCAA team. And every team on the bubble in the Mountain West knows that a win at San Diego State is one that can push them over the top into the NCAA tournament come Selection Sunday if they don't win the Mountain West tournament. So they're going to be coming in with some inspiration, looking for one of those big wins. San Diego State going to have to try to defend Viejas Arena and that home floor. I guess you could say the good news is that San Diego State is not ranked in the top 25 anymore. They are undefeated this season. When they are not in the top 25, they have lost uh, three times as a member of the top 25 in the Associated Press. I was pretty surprised, and I know I shouldn't I shouldn't be shocked anymore, that San Diego State gets penalized more for losses than other teams. But they went from 19 all the way to 27, uh, just outside the others receiving votes in the AP poll. And the reason why I was a little shocked was the loss was not a bad one by any stretch of the imagination at New Mexico. And the fact that 15 of the top 25 lost uh, – just made me feel like you can't really punish teams too much. Everyone's dropping a little bit, which means no one should really drop that much. Unfortunately, San Diego State dropped more than, I think, any other team that lost last week, which makes no sense to me, but it is what it is. The Aztecs are still not going to get the entire national recognition that even a trip to the Final Four in the national championship game probably uh, should have earned them going into this season, and they'll have to fight their way back into the top 25. Hopefully it doesn't take five weeks like it did the last time. They had to go on a five-week winning streak just to jump back into the top 25. Uh, if they can beat Nevada this week and then they have uh, Saturday, Boise State, another tough road game against one of the teams that I believe is off to an undefeated start 
in the Mountain West at the top of the standings in first place. They could definitely uh, jump right back to the top of the conference standings and uh, into position. Utah State is the only Mountain West team still in the top 25. Uh, they are on a long winning streak right now. So you've got yeah, good teams at the top in this conference, uh, not just the Aztecs, not just Colorado State, who is uh, 26th just outside the top 25, but Utah State, Boise State, uh, Nevada, uh, they're all potential NCAA tournament teams. And New Mexico, of course, now uh, has made their made their presence felt in jumping into that conversation as a potential uh, team that could get there in March. And I, I saw some of the computer projections now. Uh, they had the Mountain West with four teams. Now they're looking more like a five-team conference with even the possibility – depending on how things break, if, you know, if there's a surprise in the conference tournament, could even be a six-team conference in the NCAA tournament uh, come March. So you're playing for seeding, you're playing for positioning. Aztecs still look pretty good in most of the computer metrics. Uh, so that, that loss did not hurt them too badly, I think, in my mind. At New Mexico, you just don't want to compound it with another one. And something that Brian Dutcher and Steve Fisher before him have done really, really well not letting losses turn into losing streaks, bouncing back the next game, especially when it's at home. So uh, we'll see what happens tomorrow night. If you're interested in going to that game, we've got a pair of tickets to give away. Uh, 833-288-0973. Be the sixth caller. Right now, Frank back in the studio will take your call. 833-2873. Give away a pair of tickets to tomorrow night's game against uh, Nevada at Viejas Arena. Another win for uh, UCSD over the weekend over Cal Poly. They're now 5-0. and Tritons in the Big West, probably the second-best team now in Division I college basketball in San Diego. They can't make the NCAA tournament even if they do win the Big West, though. They're still in that last year of transition where they're ineligible for the NCAAs. Next year will be their first chance, uh, hopefully with a good team, to make the NCAA tournament for the first time. Uh, struggles, though, at USD. Uh, the Toreros still winless after falling to Pepperdine. Steve Lavin in his second season. Still uh, trying to find some traction there. Uh, with USD and the Toreros, who had a, a better non-conference schedule this year but uh, have not gotten it done so far in West Coast Conference play. All right, that's enough for college basketball. I want to get back to some Padres talk, a little bit more on the signing of Leodales de Vries yesterday and some of the well, quiet moves that went on this weekend in Major League Baseball. We'll get to that coming up. We're live from Padres Fantasy Camp in Peoria, Arizona. Don't go anywhere. Bennett Woods on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Congratulations to Matt in Temecula, who won the Aztecs basketball tickets for tomorrow night's game against uh, Nevada. Talking a little college basketball in our last segment. Did want to bring up college football as well. Uh, news over the weekend, of course, the Alabama Crimson Tide moving quickly to replace Nick Saban after his retirement, uh, stealing Kalen DeBoer, the Washington head coach, uh, fresh off his national championship runner-up season, uh, to hire him as the new coach at Alabama, which, I mean, I, I guess you, that's about the hottest name you're going to find out there if you're Alabama. I am just stunned the fact that two years ago, Kalen DeBoer was coaching an up-and-coming Fresno State program and then gets the Washington job. Two years later, does a good job there, and all of a sudden is now the head coach at Alabama. Talk about a meteoric rise as a college football coach. Is he ready to take this step? I have no idea. 
I, you know, seems like he's an incredibly bright mind in college football. And if Alabama gets this right, uh, he certainly has the resources to be successful. The, uh, you know, unmatched resources of Alabama to to be there for a long time. But he's also stepping into the biggest shoes you have to step into in college football. And certainly, some people who think that the guy, any guy who has to Follow in the footsteps of Nick Saban is is set up for failure. We'll see uh, how Kalen DeBoer does, but uh, it kind of reminds you that Brady Hoke took a similar path, went from Ball State to San Diego State, just two years, and then was the head coach at Michigan. Now, Michigan wasn't the Michigan of now winning national championships. They were certainly in a down period for the program, and uh, we know that Brady Hoke didn't work out so well as the head coach at Michigan uh, when he went there, but doesn't take much. Two two good years, and all of a sudden uh, you're coaching in a big-time SEC program or Big Ten program, and uh, Kalen DeBoer going to Alabama Crimson Tide. Of course, Washington moved very quickly, uh, hiring Arizona's Jed Fish. Uh, in my mind, maybe the coach of the year in college football. No one expected the Wildcats to do anything, and they ended up uh, having a really good season. I mean, much better than you know Prime did at Pac-12. Uh, so Jed Fish gets the job in Washington, taking a bunch of his assistants with him. Other coaches parlaying that Alabama vacancy into contract extensions, including Steve Sarkeesian at Texas, uh, who gets an extension through the year 2030. So uh, some college football news over the weekend. Also, uh, word that J.J. McCarthy and Blake Corum from Michigan, as expected, declaring for the NFL draft, as did Caleb Williams. Uh, that was certainly a foregone conclusion, but he made it official over the weekend as well. Last year's uh, Heisman Trophy winner, oh, two years ago now, Heisman Trophy winner coming out for the draft will certainly be under consideration uh, for the number one overall pick, depending on what uh, the Chicago Bears end up doing with that, trading it, keeping it. Are they going to go with Justin Fields? Uh, I'd say we'll talk some more draft coming up, but, you know, Woods and I won't talk a ton of gra- draft coming up. Uh, I want to get Frankie's thoughts, though, on Padres Fantasy Camp and our time here this week. We'll get to that right after a check of traffic here on 97.3 The Fan. Everybody knows Tony Kornheiser, but to get him unfiltered, check out the Tony Kornheiser Show podcast, the iconic voice of PTI, a roller coaster of wit and wisdom. It's smart, it's funny, and it's his unique perspective on the sports world. Unleash your curiosity and join the conversation. Follow the Tony Kornheiser Show today on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. All right, Ben Higgins, Ben Woods back with you live from Padres Fantasy Camp in Peoria. We got Frank Marchese back in our Odyssey studios. And Frank, be honest. Brutally honest. How indulgent does it seem for Polly and Woods to be out there at, at their age playing baseball with like real uniforms in this amazing facility at fantasy camp here? It's only ridiculous because I'm not there. If I were there playing <laughs> with them, it'd be a lot. I I wouldn't see it as being too bad, honestly. I, I it's it's really incredible, um, especially. So this is my first time here at Fantasy Camp. I've been to the Peoria Sports Complex, obviously many times, but we're broadcasting from kind of the area right outside the Padres clubhouse. They don't let us in here during spring training. You know, they've got the training room is right to my right. Padres clubhouse is just in front of me. The video room is right here behind me, uh, and it is really incredible what you see. They put together to try to put a successful baseball team on the field. Now, to have all the fantasy campers, they just look out of place. 
You know, when a real player walks by, like a Jackson Merrill, you can go, okay, that guy looks like he belongs in this building. And then Woods and Paul and the other fantasy campers wearing their City Connect or their camo uniforms walk in, and you go, I don't think you really belong in this building. Yeah, I I would definitely fit in that as well. Wow, you really don't belong here, do you? Who did you who did you swindle to get past security to get in here? That would definitely be me as well. And I don't want to seem ungrateful because I have been offered the opportunity to go out there and play with them and I I just I feel like I have enough self-awareness to know that that's not something I'm capable of at age 48. You know, my baseball days are so far beyond uh that to try to go back out, I'm going to hurt myself. I'm going to embarrass myself. I don't think I would have that much fun, but, man, they, the, the people who are here, the people who want to be here are having the time of their life. And they are absolutely having the time of their life. And it's not it's not cheap. Um, you know, I, I don't know the total cost for campers right now. I think it's uh, $5,500 to $6,000, something for the week. But they, they're putting on a waiting list now. They started with – like 18 campers the first year. They're up to over 70 this year. It just seems to be getting bigger and bigger. They got more alums and coaches who are here as counselors. And that, I mean, that's got to be the maybe the main draw is, is getting to meet people like Jake Peavy and Terry Kennedy and Dave Dravecki and um, Heath Bell and, and all the, the guys that did it before and are now coming and sharing some of their wisdom. I don't know. What do you do with the wisdom that they have gleaned? I mean, most people – I mean, at least we can talk about some of the stories on the air. Most people are going to go back to their day jobs and go, that was incredible. I don't know what I learned that I'm going to use in the office next week when I'm back at work, but uh, it certainly was a good experience of a lifetime to be out here at Fantasy Camp. You can give it to your kid, and hopefully they use it and take it a lot farther than you did. Um, But for me, I've always said that if there was one part of my life that I could do over, it was my time in Little League. And not because I feel like I did anything wrong, but just because it was so much fun that I wish I could do it again. And when I played company, when I had a chance to play uh, company softball, say about seven, eight years ago, it was the closest thing I've ever gotten to that again. And I enjoyed it so, so much. If, If I were ever fortunate enough to be able to have the money to do fantasy camp, I would, I could not imagine the feeling you would have to drag me out of there most likely <laughs> than than me just willingly leaving you know i um i have some regrets too about uh my time because i actually was a fairly skilled baseball player i was a pitcher i could hit i mean i could do all the the motions but i'm not i was never overly competitive and i'm still the same way today probably i'm fairly too nice to be out there and if i do have one regret it's i never totally like let myself give it my all like just totally dove into baseball it was more hey i'm just gonna go out and have fun and go out and see if i can make some contact here and hey it's great if i strike someone out but if i don't i i just never let myself totally commit to being a baseball player and uh, maybe I just wasn't ready for it at that point, but if I do have some regrets, and you know, now people here getting to getting to get that second chance now at a baseball dream that maybe they didn't get to live when they were younger. We would have been best friends because I was a catcher growing up, and I absolutely oh, loved it. Uh, my whole family was catchers, so I fit right in with that. And I just saw something pop up into the chat from uh, Jocelyn. No, I am not on the Tier 1 baseball team. 
The tryouts were actually the morning of my birthday, so fresh invite from you guys about possibly joining the team. It was a lot of fun. Thank you so Wait, much. Wait, you're a New Year's Eve birthday boy? Yes, Frank, I am. I didn't know that. Yes, Happy I am. Happy belated birthday Thank to you. Thank you very much. That's got to be an interesting birthday because everyone's partying on your birthday. And but everyone... no one's really partying for you. <laughs> well, there's that. And also, <laughs> uh, when was the last time anyone counted down to when your birthday was over? Oh, that's a good point. The, the end of your birthday, <laughs> now, December th- January 1st would be an interesting birthday, too, as everyone's counting down to your birthday yep, on one. January 1st. But, hey, everyone's up late, and you can drink, and you can have the day off after your birthday every single year. You don't have to worry about uh, going out too hard on your birthday. It's not a, not a bad birthday. I, although any birthday around Christmas time is not the best because, of course, you just got presents, so yep. people are going to either forget or they're going to hey, I just – Hey, this is both a Christmas and a birthday present for you, Frank, because I know your birthday's next week. How many times did that happen? No, in your my life? my parents were very, very strict about that. It was there is Christmas and then there is birthday. It's two different days. You don't lump them into one. It's totally erased. All right. Well, <laughs> speaking of um, spring training and fantasy camp here in Peoria, we'll be uh, back here next month and. Uh, seeing some of the younger players, including the Padres' newest international signing, announced yesterday, Leodales DeVries, uh, 6'2", shortstop, 17 years old. I mean, you certainly still expect him to, to grow even more into that frame. I think he was listed at a, 175 pounds. But they start getting him into these facilities with the kind of training rooms, the workouts uh, that Major League Baseball players have access to. And uh, you know that he's going to put on some some more muscle on that frame. He projects right now as they're thinking like a 20 to 25 home run guy, switch hitter from both sides of the plate, very instinctual, good hands on defense, uh, just seems to have a good understanding of the game of baseball. Uh, There's a reason why Baseball America and, and some of the other rankings uh, publications have him as their number one uh, international prospect of the year. He kind of puts it all together at the age of 17, and I'll be excited to see him out here at uh, the backfields probably in Peoria. I, I think they'll probably start him at a Dominican facility, but my expectation would be uh, we'll see him out here at some point during spring training. Maybe not like Ethan Salas jumping right into a Cactus League game uh, like he did last year, but but certainly on the backfields and uh, facing some of the other minor leaguers at the age of 17 here next month. Yeah, and for for the Padres, another top signing. I believe this was the night out of the international signing pool. So to get him is absolutely fantastic. And a, for another shortstop, we've we've seen how the Padres have, have compiled shortstop after shortstop. But he's he's young yet, still has time to learn other positions and do what he can. I if I'm seeing a guy come in at 175 though. I'm not thinking 20, 25 home run guy. I'm hoping, does he have speed? I would like a base dealer. I'd like a leadoff hitter from a guy like that. Well, I, I've heard he's got speed as well. I think uh, power, if if you can add power without losing much speed, though, that's, that's going to be True. the goal uh, for the trainers here for sure. I mean, the game is now a powerful game. I was looking back, and we're going to play – a little 1984 Padres uh, trivia over under in our next hour to try to qualify a listener for Vegas. But as I was looking at the stats from the 1984 team, it's such a different game today. You look at the home run numbers. The Padres as a team, I think they had 109 home runs. That's it. It's an entire National League West, National League pennant winning team. 
hit just over 100 home runs. That would be pretty much the bottom of the barrel in Major League Baseball nowadays by a wide margin. And that was a really good team in 1984. Power is so much more part of the game, and that will be an area that they certainly focus on. Uh, We will talk to Chris Kemp, the Padres Vice President of Amateur and International Scouting, uh, he announced the uh, the move for DeVries yesterday and get some of his thoughts on uh, the newest member of the Padres, some of their other international signings, uh, the scouting that goes on in Asia as well. Obviously played a big part in two of the Padres' free agent signings uh, this offseason out of the bullpen in Matsui and Go. Uh, so we'll talk to Chris Kemp coming up at uh, the bottom of the hour in our 9 o'clock hour at 9.35 this morning uh, here on Ben and Woods. Uh, this weekend, uh, we mentioned a little bit earlier, not a ton of moves still. Uh, as we get closer to spring training, I, I keep expecting activity on the hot stove league to, to heat up again. You kind of had that one wave of signings when Otani and then Yamamoto and uh, a few of the other players signed, and then it's been really quiet since the holidays. Has not really ramped up. Now we're midway through january and uh moves are basically at a trickle right now you had the san francisco giants agreeing with right-hander jordan hicks on a four-year 44 million dollar contract um the reliever expected to be converted into a full-time starter which is an an orthodox move by the giants to say the least guy who can throw 104 but certainly can't throw 104 for six or seven innings as a starter so they're going to have to do a uh, quite a bit of work. Uh, he's going to have to throw more strikes if they expect him to be a, a consistent member of their starting rotation. But they don't do this without a plan. I mean, you don't give out $44 million and decide to make a guy a starter on a whim. So got to assume the Giants kind of know what they're going to be doing uh, with Jordan Hicks. Uh, what is stunning, though, and Frank, you mentioned this. So what was the report that you saw about Scott Boris and, and Blake Snell and the market for him? It was uh, something from Bill Madden, I believe, for the Daily News in New York, saying that Boris has put a nine-year, $275 million price tag on Blake Snell. And after hearing that, the Giants and Yankees said, yeah, no, we'll, we'll go for these guys instead, which honestly, to pay $275 million for a guy who's going to give you all but the first month and a half to two months of the season, that's a high asking price. I'm sorry. It's um, it's surprisingly out of league with what we've kind of heard as the market so far. I think when the Yankees signed Marcus Stroman, there were some reports that they had offered Blake Snell five years, $150 million, so $30 million per year. That's somewhat in line with what they're looking for, but they weren't even willing to go to a sixth year. And that's the New York Yankees. And now, you know, Scott Boris is looking for nine years when he can't even get six out of the Bronx Bombers. The Giants, who a lot of people thought would be maybe the ideal West Coast landing spot for Blake Snell, have gone out now and signed Jordan Hicks. Doesn't completely take them out of the running, but uh, looks like they were kind of pivoting somewhere else when they heard the price tag. Has Scott Boris finally found the ceiling of what his players are worth? It always just seems to be more and more and more and higher and higher, and some of the numbers this offseason have, have made you feel like there's just no limit to what teams are going to spend, especially on pitching, but uh, perhaps we're finally hitting that upper limit of what the market will bear, and, and Blake Snell's going to have to be more realistic as to what he's going to get because I don't know which teams are still out there that are willing to spend 200 plus million dollars on another pitcher right now 
And I think Yamamoto is the one that really has conflated this because you're talking about a guy who just got, uh, was it, $325 million over 10 years. So if if he brought that price up high, boy, how much could you possibly want for the reigning National League Cy Young Award winner? And two teams apparently have at least been rumored to have had conversations with him, and that's Boston and the Mets, who are probably two of the worst teams a laid-back guy like Blake Snell could possibly find himself at. Blake Snell is like the uh, the Aztecs of two-time Cy Young Award winners. Doesn't isn't quite getting the level of respect that perhaps he thought he was going to get here on the open market. And, and honestly, teams might be undervaluing him. What he did last year with the Padres was incredibly valuable, even if he doesn't pitch into the seventh inning very often. Uh, we'll see what the market looks like. All right, we got one hour to go. Come back. I want to go through some of the NFL games over the weekend. We're going to play some Padres 1984 trivia for a chance to qualify for Vegas. All coming up next year on 97.3 The Fan. Be right back. On a Tuesday, live from Padres Fantasy Camp in Peoria, Arizona. Uh, it's been a quick three hours today. Paulie and Woods are already out on field three. Uh, their team, which is coached by Terry Kennedy and Dave Dravecki, are going up against the team coached by Jake Peavy and Andy Ashby right now. And I've got no idea what's going on. I haven't got any updates yet. I think they just started. I'll head out after the show, and uh, I'll have at least a couple of innings to watch to give you a, a an unbiased report tomorrow morning on how the guys looked out at, at fantasy camp today. Uh, but I wanted to get into a little bit of the NFL here this weekend. There were some very big winners in wildcard weekend in the NFL. Uh, first of all, the Houston Texans uh, won by 31 over the Cleveland Browns. Let's see, the Bucks won by 23 over the Eagles. The Chiefs won by 19 over the Dolphins. The Packers won by 16 over the Cowboys, and the game wasn't that close. Steelers won by, or the Bills won by 14 over the Steelers. So five of the six games were all at least two touchdowns. And then you had the one close game uh, with the Detroit Lions beating the Los Angeles Rams 24-23. But I think the biggest winner of Wild Card Weekend had to be Peacock, right? The NBC streaming service reported 23 million views of the Chiefs-Dolphins game on Saturday night, making it uh, what they say was the most streamed event, I believe, in, in history, uh, certainly in, in U.S. sports history. And you figure, I mean, obviously some people had already subscribed and, and some people were will cancel their six ninety nine or whatever it was after signing up. But, I mean, if even – you know, a third of those people stick around on the monthly subscription. That's well, that's hundreds of millions of dollars right there for the NBC Peacock service. And I think they reportedly paid an extra $110 million to make it exclusive. So uh, probably getting their money's worth, which means, unfortunately, Frank and NFL viewers out there, we'll see more of that in the future. There is not going to be less exclusive streaming games with the success that Peacock had there's only going to be more of that. And and while it wasn't a, a terrific game, the Chiefs blew out the Dolphins. It is very compelling in January, especially in San Diego, California, 
to see how cold other places can get. And I saw, obviously, Andy Reid's mustache icicles were absolutely iconic. Patrick uh, Mahomes having his, his helmet shatter in the cold and having to get another one. He didn't even realize it. I mean, it was so cold out there that it basically had frozen and uh, broke apart when he was on the field. I saw, I think it was a TikTok video. Frank, did you see this? They, they had one of those, um, like, refrigerators at Arrowhead, and someone pulled out, like, a bottle of water, like one of those larger, like, smart, smart water bottles. Yeah. And it was, um, the fridge was, I guess, sent to normal, like, fridge temperatures, like 40. The second they pulled it out, you could actually see it freezing from <laughs> top to bottom. It just went, just, like, instantaneously freezing in the sub-zero temperatures of Kansas City. And, I mean, you want to, I mean, kind of, there's a, I don't know, like a sadistic sports fan in all of us that loves to see athletes suffer in bad weather is that is that am i the only one or does everyone kind of feel that way i didn't see that one but i did see the number of beer cans that had exploded and frozen in the (laughs) in the cup holders i did see a a plethora of those but for me i'm a polar bear i love cold i would much rather be cold than hot yeah oh any day that being said yeah there is a limit when my face is starting to look like Tom Coughlin's during that NC, uh, NFC Championship game in Green Bay, yeah, I'm tapping out. Then, then I want, I, I need, I need some, uh, I need a heater. I know they played that game as scheduled. It, I mean, it was very, very cold, but there was no, you know, like snow to pass through like there was in Buffalo, which they delayed that game obviously to Monday and had to. I mean, if you saw the videos of what Sunday looked like, they made the right decision. There was no chance. Even in the, I mean, even the worst of NFL conditions, you, you couldn't have played the game the way no. it was. You couldn't have gotten to the game. There was a travel warning and an advisory. I think the funniest tweet I saw, someone was mad about the fact that they had postponed the game a day, and he said, hey, did, did they postpone D-Day? You know, just go out and play <laughs> the game. And someone, community, put the community note. Actually, D-Day was postponed one day by weather. I it mean, was. You, can't, you can't play, you can't play. If the weather is so bad... Uh, you just have to put it back another day, and I don't think it hurt anyone. It was a holiday yesterday. I think most people got to to see that game. Uh, anyway, it was still very cold. It was still fairly miserable uh, looking in Buffalo, uh, but the Bills took advantage, got the win at home, and uh, there's an argument to be made that they're the hottest team in football right now, uh, going in with their win over the Steelers, 31-17, to how they played at the end of the season, climbing back to win the AFC East, getting the number two seed, and now another home game, Next week uh, against the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, the Buffalo Bills are a team no one wants to face in the playoffs uh, right now. No, we've and seen, as you yeah, go, ahead. go ahead. I was going to say, and we've seen that time and time again that you don't have to be the best team; you just have to be hot at the right time. And for the Buffalo Bills, that that time is now. And you guys also mentioned before shoveling for uh, shoveling all that snow for twenty dollars. Not worth it. If I'm going to go no. there, I I expect to be able to go to the game. If I am going to do the job of your stadium crew, I expect to go to the game. So they got paid $20 an hour, but they didn't get tickets to the game? No. If they didn't already have them? Nope. They did not. And, and people were willing to do that just because they were Buffalo Bills fans. And they didn't get it all out. Obviously, there was still plenty of snow 
uh, left in that stadium. But as I look now at the matchups in the division round, and I truly believe there is there is a bit of a, a hurdle to overcome when you have the bye. And now there's only one team in each conference that gets the bye, Ravens and the 49ers, that while it can be an advantage to get healthy, there's definitely that coming off the bye week, getting into playoff mode that the teams that you're facing have already done. So when I look at these initial lines, the Ravens are nine-and-a-half-point favorites over the Houston Texans. The 49ers are 10-point favorites over the Green Bay Packers. That's the Those are the Saturday games. You'll hear them both here on 97.3 The Fan. Initially, and, you know, my track record is not very good, but initially those feel like really big spreads. For a Texans team that that looked like it was firing on all cylinders against the Cleveland Browns, a Packers team that just blew the Dallas Cowboys out of the water on the road, to say both of those teams are going to lose by double digits if the favorites cover feels like a stretch to me. i I, I got to think at least one of those two teams, if not both, are going to be able to keep these games close, even if it's just the Ravens and the 49ers taking a half or so to get back into the groove and into the feel of playoff football because they're the only teams with a bye. But those are pretty big numbers on the favorites, Frank, uh, going into this uh, wild, or this division round weekend. I agree, and I've said it on Gwen and Chris doing the Daily Gambit. I tend to shy away from double-digit spreads, especially in the NFL. Green Bay... That one definitely seems like more of a stretch. It's going to be in better weather in San Francisco. Plus, Green Bay, we know we know what Green Bay. There was can nothing do. wrong with uh, Dallas, though. The weather was fine. No, in no, Dallas I and no, AT&T I agree. Stadium inside. No, I mean compared to if they were playing in Green Bay or in if Green they were Bay, playing sure. in Buffalo or Kansas City, Houston though against Baltimore, I I would believe that because even though Houston played well. Against Cleveland, when was the last time Houston or when was the last time Stroud was in this situation? That's This is a tough ask for a team that does not have a lot of history in this spot to play against the Baltimore Ravens team, who was one of the better teams in the league, come the start of the playoffs, and now they're fresh off a of bye week in their home well, in their I, home building. I'll agree with you, and, and C.J. Stroud was outstanding. Youngest ever playoff quarterback winner, 22 years old, I think about 100 days younger than I think Michael Vick was when he was the youngest uh, to win a playoff game as a starting quarterback. I guess the difference for the Texans is they have to go on the road and do it this time. They took advantage of the, the home crowd and uh, the energy there against the Cleveland Browns to really take control of that game. They'll have that going against them in Baltimore. The Packers, though, have already done it on the road. Yeah. They did it in Dallas. Can they do it now in San Francisco? I, I'm not necessarily picking an upset, but to me, the way Jordan, uh and, and the 49ers clearly better than the Cowboys, but I, I feel like the Packers might be able to hang uh, with the 49ers in that game, at least for the first you know, half, three quarters. Maybe the 49ers kind of ice it in the end, but uh, that's a big spread at 10 right now. No, and I definitely agree, and with how – with how Green Bay, uh, with how yeah, Green Bay handled Dallas uh, on Sunday, that should be that should be a big warning to San Francisco. That's, hey, this this team they may not they may they may show a nine and eight record, but they're not going to be a pushover. We are definitely going to need to be one hundred percent on for this game at all times. Otherwise, it, it's going to go south in a hurry. 
Meanwhile, uh, the Sunday games, I was also surprised at how big the spread is in the Lions-Bucks game, the early game on Sunday. Uh, the Lions uh, initially a six-point favorite at home over the Tampa Bay Bucks. And while, yes, the Lions are the two-seed, they're the division champion, and the Bucks will have to go on the road after uh, playing at home in the first round, Don't the Bucks are as, as good as the Rams, aren't they? I mean, especially the way Baker Mayfield is playing, my feeling is the Bucks can give the Lions at least as much trouble as the Rams did. And the Rams gave them just about everything. That game came down to the fourth quarter. One play either way could have, you know, switched that to a Rams victory. Obviously, they ended up, you know, punting and they never got the ball back. And, and credit to the Detroit Lions for, uh, you know, converting and getting that first down. They gambled. They threw it to Amon Ross St. Brown to convert the first down. They were able to kneel it out from the two-minute warning going on from there. Great execution by Dan Campbell. They're a good team, and they're certainly a force to be reckoned with, but they they did not outclass the Los Angeles Rams in that game. And I I don't foresee them necessarily outclassing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the next game as well. So a six-point spread felt like a fairly large number for the Detroit Lions, Frank. I I do agree to a point. I do think that Detroit, this is going to be a dogfight, I have a feeling. And I think, I, I do feel as though Detroit can come out on top of it. Because if you look at that Philadelphia Eagles team that Tampa Bay just beat at home, by the way, not in Philadelphia, to beat that Eagles team, that's... One and six in their last yeah, maybe seven they, games. That doesn't count for anything at this point. Yeah, that's, <laughs> no, I, that was a team that was limping into the playoffs. That was a team that has lost to Arizona, a team that had lost to the Giants, who just took them apart in the first half in a game that they needed if they wanted a better seed, if they wanted a home game. I'm I'm taking Detroit here. I would I would. I would lean Detroit. Okay, and then finally, um, the only one of the spreads that they think is going to be within a field goal, the Buffalo Bills hosting the Kansas City Chiefs. The Bills are early three-point favorites in that game. And to me, that might be actually a slightly small number. I kind of like the Bills right now at minus three. The Kansas City Chiefs went out, and, yeah, they beat the Miami Dolphins in the frigid cold, but – this is a Chiefs team that clearly had many games in the season where they did not look like Super Bowl contenders. This is a, the Bills team that we just talked about. might be the hottest team in football right now. They're getting it home. They're familiar, both sides. You know, they've played big games before. Both teams have, have won. The Bills have won a couple of times in Kansas City in big games. To me, getting them at home in that game – I think that's going to be a really tough one for the Kansas City Chiefs. And unless Patrick Mahomes does something incredibly special and Travis Kelsey does something incredibly special and they really just put the Kansas City offense on their shoulders. I mean, Pacheco is going to have to have another big game just to keep it, I think, fairly close. Um, You know, Josh Allen's got that next level. We saw it yesterday with three touchdowns thrown and the long 50, what, two-yard touchdown run. When they need a first down, he can take it keep it and get the yards that they need. He's just almost unstoppable, uh, you know, when they need it. And he's willing to put his body on the line, especially in the playoffs. Uh, to me, that makes the Buffalo Bills one of the most dangerous playoff teams out there. So 
I, I don't know, Frank. I think three might might actually be a little bit light. I think they're overvaluing the Chiefs just because they have so much playoff experience and they've done it before. But going to Buffalo in this January is a different story. Absolutely. And Buffalo, both of these teams have had streaks where they have just looked god-awful. Now, Buffalo's was at the beginning of the season. Kansas City had theirs more towards the middle. Buffalo's won their last five. Kansas City just lost against Vegas. That was on Christmas Day. So a more recent loss for Kansas City. They don't have, speaking of Buffalo, they don't have the weather uh, advantage the way you would have thought, if they would have, the way they would have had if they had played Miami. I... This one's a toss-up for me. I think Buffalo gets them this time. I think Buffalo gets them this time again. I know Kansas City's been there, done that. They've beaten Buffalo in the playoffs in this situation. But Buffalo's beaten them too. And I think Buffalo's going to get them again. Well, we'll have our uh, official Ben and Woods picks on Friday. I can't do any worse than I did in the wild card round. Well, I could. I did get one right. I could get zero right, I guess, in the divisional round, but uh, I'm hoping I do a little bit better. We'll have our official picks later in the week, but just wanted to take an early look there at the divisional round matchups. Obviously, the coaching carousel news with uh, Bill Belichick out, huge story over the weekend. They quickly replaced him with Gerard Mayo. Uh, had that succession plan already in place. They decided not to even go the interview route. Now Belichick making his rounds, interviewing with the Atlanta Falcons. The Chargers were the first team to meet with Jim Harbaugh. They've already met with over a half dozen uh, coaching candidates. And I don't think Jim Harbaugh needs to rush that decision, but there are some teams uh, that are not going to want to miss out on some of the other options if they don't get Harbaugh. So we'll see uh, who blinks and how patient everybody can be as the head coaching carousel spins in the NFL. All right, we're going to take a timeout. Uh, if you want to play our game, I've got some 1984 Padres over-under uh, trivia game for a chance to qualify for our grand prize monthly getaway to Las Vegas since we didn't play Take on Woods earlier. You can call during our break here, 833-288-0973, 833-288-0973, 40th anniversary of the Padres 1984 team. Your chance to win a two-night stay in Las Vegas is coming up next with Ben and Woods live from Padres Fantasy Camp. We'll be right back after a check of traffic here on 97.3 The Fan. Uh, don't forget, coming up in our next segment here at uh, Fantasy Camp, uh, we'll be joined, actually on the phone, by Padres Vice President of Amateur and International Scouting, Chris Kemp. Talk about their international signings, including Leonales de Vries. That's coming up. Right now, though, we're going to play a little game. Uh, we're going to try to qualify a listener for our grand prize monthly drawing trip to Las Vegas, two nights at the Westgate, and tickets to see Tom Kiefer and L.A. Guns performing on April 11th at the Westgate International Theater. Uh, you can check out the newly designed Premier Rooms, part of their $70 million room renovations, home of legendary Vegas fun. And since we're on remote this week, we decided not going to play Take on Woods. And part of Fantasy Camp this year is celebrating the 40-year anniversary of the 1984 National League champion San Diego Padres. 2024 is here. They have many of the former uh, 84 Padres as camp coaches. And I thought we'd uh, have different 1984 Padres-related games and trivia this week uh, to try to qualify some listeners. So we got Brandon 
in El Cajon, who's on the line, who is our contestant. Brandon, good morning. Welcome to Ben and Woods. Hey, good morning. How are you? I'm good. All right, so here's how today's game is going to work. I'm calling it 1984 Padres over under. I'm going to give you a player and a season stat, and you need to tell me if the correct 1984 total is over or under the number that I set. And just like real or fake, four correct answers out of seven possibilities is going to be enough to win the game and qualify you for Las Vegas. So, Brandon, you understand how the game works? I do. All right, uh, here we go. Round number one, Steve Garvey, home runs. The over-under total is 14. Did he have over or under 14 home runs in 1984, Brandon? I'm going to say over. going to say over. <laughs> you are incorrect. Steve Garvey, and this surprised me as well, only had eight home runs in the regular season. Of course, he had a really big one in the playoffs against the Chicago Cubs, but just eight home runs. In fact, 20 led the Padres in home runs that season, uh, Kevin McReynolds and Greg Nettles. No one had more than 20 home runs for the 1984 Padres. That's okay. That's just one. We still have six to go. All you need is four to win. Round two, Goose Gossage ERA, over or under 3.05. Brandon, what do you think? Um, let's go Under. Under. You are correct. The Padres' closer finished the year with a 2.90 ERA. I think it was second only to Craig Lefferts, the lefty out of that bullpen. You are correct. That is one right answer for Brandon. All right, let's go to round number three. Tony Gwynn, season strikeouts, 18. Over or under 18 strikeouts for Tony Gwynn in 1984, Brandon? I've heard so many stops about strikeouts. I'm going to go under. <laughs> It's an absurdly low number, unfortunately. No, it was uh, 23. Still an absurdly low number for Tony Gwynn for an entire season of – I mean, he had like almost like over 700 plate appearances to strike out only 23 times. This is insane. That's uh, uh, one out of three. All right, let's get on, on a roll here. We need to get three out of these last four. Alan Wiggins – Stolen bases. The speedy second baseman. The number is 66. Over or under 66 stolen bases for Alan Wiggins, Brandon? I think I've heard this before, and I think it's over. You're right. 70. The even 7-0 for Alan Wiggins that season was one of the big reasons. Padres setting the table scored over 100 runs that year for the San Diego Padres with Tony Gwynn moving them over. You had Garvey, you had McReynolds, uh, Carmelo Martinez driving him in. All right, let's go to round number five. You got two right. Bruce Bochy walks for the 1984 season for the backup catcher. Over or under six? Let's go over. Bruce Bochy walked three times in 97 plate appearances in 1984 all right that's uh that's still two which means you need to get these last two correct brandon to qualify for the trip to las vegas i know you can do it round number six padres over under eric shall wins 16 is the number over or under wins for eric shall at 16 brandon come on you can get this one let's go under under yes Eric Shaw actually led the Padres with 15 wins that season, which means, here we go, round seven. It comes all down to the final final over-under. 
for the win. Carmelo Martinez doubles. 21 is the over-under number for Carmelo Martinez doubles. For the win, what do you think, Brandon, over or under? I'm going to go under. <laughs> it's over. Oh, that's a, that's a painful one. He led the team with 28 doubles in 1984. Brandon, thank you for playing. You made it for radio purposes and good for the audience. Unfortunately, you don't qualify for the trip to Las Vegas, but feel free to try again later this month. I'll come up with a, uh, a new 1984 Padres trivia game for tomorrow. We'll try to get another listener qualified for the trip to Las Vegas. All right, just got an update from the, uh, the man Tom Seidler himself. Woodsy and Paul, of course, have lost uh, seven consecutive fantasy league games. 0-6 last year. They lost yesterday. 0-1. But they are now ahead 4-0, leading Jake Peavy and Andy Ashby's team, the Terry Kennedy and Dave Dravecki coach team. They're up 4-0, fourth inning of a six-inning game. So we'll see if they can pull it out and end the losing streak. Uh, coming up in the next, oh, hopefully I'll get out there in, in order to see the end of the game uh, by the time the show ends. Uh, we're sticking around here, though, because Chris Kemp of the San Diego Padres is going to join us in our next segment. We'll talk about the international signings with the Vice President of Amateur and International Scouting. Uh, coming up next here, don't go away, it's Ben Woods on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Final segment of Ben Woods on a Tuesday. We're live from Fantasy Camp in Peoria, Arizona, as uh, Woods and Paul try to close out their first Fantasy Camp win in years, literally years, out on Field 3. We're joined right now by the Padres Vice President of Amateur and International Scouting. Uh, Chris Kemp is with us here on 97.3 The Fan. Chris, it's good to have you back on Ben Woods. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Thanks for having me. Uh, well, first of all, congratulations. Second straight year, the Padres have landed the top international prospect. Of course, last year it was Ethan Salas. Yesterday, uh, you introduced Leodales de Vries into the Padres organization. I'll start right there. Um, tell me about the, the scouting process. I, I'm sure it started years ago and what you saw in, in de Vries that stood out in the process of, uh, that led up to yesterday and him joining the organization. Yeah, I, I think two things were pretty simple. You know, at, at a young age in the tournaments, you know, near his hometown in Aswell and Bonnie, um, it's just kind of the new hotbed for players in general. And as a, you know, kid that was 13, 14, 15, which is really loud, you know, on the circuit, national tournaments, you know, academy tournaments, and it was MVP trophy after MVP trophy, you know, grand peer group, you know, 15-year-old and 16-year-old guys. And he was just always coming up with the big hit was always kind of an impact dude. I'm curious because obviously when you're projecting out, you know, guys that are that young, 16, 17 years old, and what they might look like in four or five years as a big leaguer, how do you separate the, the very good from the truly outstanding, the guys who, like Salas, like DeVries, that you're willing to devote pretty much your, you know, 90, yeah. 95% of your, your international scouting bonus pool on just one guy what what makes that decision uh for you and and aj when you're kind of coming down to it yeah i I think you kind of look at makeup and and family with with both those guys you know obviously the bats and the swing guy chance be plus bats in the big leagues but you know just the makeup of ethan and leo and both their family backgrounds of 
you know, just being very solid, you know, from a family home standpoint, and, you know, special brothers and sisters and special dads and special moms. And then they go out and you see what they do on the field. And, you know, both those kids just kind of hit our group in the gut. It's like, wow, you know, we, we would really love to be a part of this. So, and then some years it's a depth class. And usually that's mostly what we do, you know, usually spread it around and try and get you throughout and, and build up the middle. But, you know, Leo and Ethan, we, we just, I'm just kind of hit us. What else is out in terms of the depth? What else is still out there? I know you're still going to sign some other guys. There's a, a picture, a picture mm-hmm. from Mexico uh, that came yep. in. Can you tell us anything about the rest of the class? Yeah, you know, we actually just agreed uh, this morning. Lefty from Venezuela. Uh, we've got an outfielder from Curacao that's going to sign today. We've we've got about you know seven or eight starting pitching prospects that are going to sign today through you know Lefty from Colombia, uh, two guys out of Panama. Um, so I think all in all, the next couple of days, still busy getting some guys across the line, trying to get as much value as we can, knowing that, you know, Leo and, and Cruz and some other guys are kind of already in the hamper. Talking to Chris Kemp, Padres Vice President of Amateur and International Scouting. And, uh, you know, on the big league level, teams spend different amounts of money. We've seen the Padres on, on both sides of that now in their, in their organizational history. But when it comes to the, the bonus pool, at least right now, I know you guys got dinged some for the Xander Bogart signing, but essentially every team is on a fairly level playing field of what they can offer. How do you yeah. how do you stand out when when many teams I assume were interested in DeVries? I assume almost everyone was interested in Salas last year. What what are the selling points when money can't really be the deciding factor because other teams can offer as much or even more than the Padres were able to do in a, in a signing bonus? Um. I don't know two things. I, I just our our big league team is is loud and fun, and energetic and worldwide. And kids like Ethan and Leo, looking at Manny and Fernando and just everything we've been doing. Petco Park being sold out, and we're just a fun team. And then our scouts on the ground. You know, we push that. You know, we we get around families, explain what's going on. You know, hey, you want to be a part of this? And um, that's uh, that would be my answer. Cool. Uh, Chris Kemp is with us uh, as director of international scouting as well, and you've been with the organization for 10 years. We've seen um, a lot of focus of the Padres on Asia, and that uh, obviously coming to fruition with a couple of the free agent signings. What's that process like? I mean, a little different, obviously, than uh, the international scouting because you're scouting guys who are already on a pro level, whether it's in the uh, NPB or, or KP. KBO, but uh, tell me a little about kind of the, the Mat- Matsui and Go and, and the process of scouting them and deciding to sign them yeah. this off season. Well, I think you look at Asia, it's, my first thought, it's a really, you know, org-wide thing for us as, as far as covering it, you know, from Pete DeYoung's side on the pro scouts, uh, Trevor Shum going to see some college tournaments. We really use a lot of our scouts, you know, a lot of the special assistants, James, Logan, David heading over there. And we kind of have a split camp to a degree where if, if certain things are going on in the Caribbean or Latin America, we've got a crew out in Asia, and we all kind of work together and evaluate the guys we like. There's a, there's a pitcher out there that uh, everyone's kind of wondering when he might come out, if he's going to wait for the, the posting system or might come out a little bit early like uh, Shohei Otani. Have you looked at, at Roki Sasaki and, and have any idea of what the future might hold for uh, the, the Chibalade pitcher that uh, is – obviously uh, salivating a lot of fans and teams in, in Major League Baseball about the possibility of uh, him coming out uh, at, at some point to Major League Baseball. 
yeah, you know, obviously it, it's been loud, you know, the talent he has, but but no different than, you know, each country in its own bucket. You know, you, you want to know who the best guy in Venezuela is, the best guy in Korea, Taiwan, Japan. So, you know, like any other guy, if, if they if they come out, I think we'll be ready, and uh, we'll obviously be monitoring him. It's a fun guy to watch. For your uh, timeline, obviously now that, you know, the, the main deadline for the international signing is open and you get most of those signings done, do you – Turn your attention, college baseball season starting and high school baseball uh, toward the amateur draft uh, this summer, and, and that's where your focus is now for the next few months? Yeah, you know, that's, you know this class looks fun. Um, you know, kind of as this week gets on, once we finish up international signing class this week, you know, kind of getting with all your area scouts and, you know, going over like the SEC, ACC, Big 12, all those targets. Um, you know, JUCO tournament's already starting up into the month, so – you know, hey, we're looking at seven picks in the top 150, and um, to say we're excited is an understatement. Well, Chris, uh, congratulations on Leodalis DeVries, uh, the 2024 international signing class. Uh, I know you're always on the road, but it's fun to, to see you. It's weird that I'm here in Peoria, and you're not here, actually. Where's right now. Woods? The time that we, where, where, uh, Woods is not playing Woods? right now. He and Paul, they're on field three. Uh, they're playing oh, yeah. a game. Let's see. He's on Terry Kennedy and Dave Dravecki's team, and they're playing clip. against Jake Peavy and Andy Ashby. I need yeah, I'm curious because I haven't actually seen it yet either, but as soon as the show's over, I'm going to go out there and see how they're doing. Apparently, Tom Seidler just came and told me they're leading 4 nothing. They've lost seven in a row at fantasy <laughs> camp, so they're trying to break uh, the longest losing streak in fantasy camp history right now, Chris. And I, I heard Paulie pitched pretty well yesterday, so I, you might want to send well, a scout out to some of these games. We'll, we'll tell the boys I said hello, and um, I'm sure I'll see you all soon out in AZ or San uh, Diego. Yeah, we'll be here next month uh, at the end of February, or we'll see you in San Diego. Perfect. Thank you, Chris. All right, guys. Chris Kemp, Padres Vice President of uh, Amateur and International Scouting, uh, with us talking about the international signing class. And oh, I'm sure he's got some spies. Seeing if they, I mean, if there's talent, there's talent. And most of most of the fantasy campers are a little too old to really be considered prospects. I mean, especially the guys who are in their their 60s and 70s at this point, and there are some who are in their 60s and 70s here. I'm guessing that that's just a little bit too late to start back on a minor league trajectory to try to get to the big leagues at this point. But, hey, you never know where you're going to find that talent. Uh, let's check traffic. We'll come back a few more minutes, wrap things up here on the Tuesday edition of Men and Woods on 97.3 The Fan. Frank, uh, do you like dumplings? I mean, who doesn't like dumplings, right? Uh, that would I would be one of them. You don't I, like dumplings? Oh, that's I, too bad. Um, I found a really good spot uh, in San Diego this weekend. In Mira Mesa, uh, it's uh, I guess it's from Taiwan. It's a chain over there, and they just opened a new restaurant uh, a couple of weeks ago off of Mira Mesa Boulevard. It's called Bafang Dumpling, and it probably are the best pot stickers I've ever had. Had their uh, their original signature pot stickers, and this is not a paid endorsement. Uh, Woods would be making fun of me, but they were absolutely delicious, uh, and we had a lot of fun. Took my boys, and we we all like. Uh, we all like pot stickers and dumplings, so we tried that out and had a good time. How, how come you don't like when you don't like dumplings, Frank? I am one of those picky eaters. I have been really? ever since. I, yes. Tell me about some of your food. Well, we got a couple of minutes here to kill before the <laughs> end of the show. So, tell me about your food quirks, Frank. I, let's I, reveal. Let's get a pick. A, pick a little bit away at the personality of Frank Marchese. I think part of the reason why is I'm allergic to peanuts. 
So okay, that's fair. You got to be yeah, careful. Yeah. So growing up, those are like that's a life threatening allergy. Yes, it is. It is very much so. So when I grew up, growing up, I just kind of got used to saying no if I wasn't sure about it. And yeah, and that Asian just food kinda... can have like peanuts hiding. In yes, things, exactly. Like, uh, noodles and stuff that you're not sure about. I can understand that. So if that's been like since in childhood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you can't have peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, nope. anything like that. Nope. Wow. I've never known that. I mean, we're in studio. You should be careful. Who knows? Wood sometimes brings all kinds of snacks, including peanuts. So oh, I know. We'll be careful with Frank going in the future. I did not know that about you. Anything? Anything else like unusual food choices? Not that I can think of. At least right, it's just, not just unusual to, to me. At least. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. Fair enough. I was just checking. Well, anyway, I had a, had a really good uh, peanuts. I also tried. A chain that I had never been to since I was here, and I needed to get something to eat, and uh, it's from Chicago. We don't have them in San Diego, but it's Portillo's Mm -hmm. Hot Dogs, and I do love a good Chicago dog, and I hadn't had one in a long time, so I went and got the uh, dragged through the garden just on the poppy seed steam bun hot dog. It's got the pickle spear, what, the onion, tomato, sport peppers, the whole works, mustard. Uh, I think that's the best way to have a hot dog, and it was it was right by P- the Peoria Sports Complex off Bell Road. So if you ever come out to spring training, you can check it out. It was literally the largest fast food type establishment I have ever been in. Hmm. Bigger than like the Barstow. It was the biggest one that I had been in up until this point. This place was enormous. Now, it wasn't that crowded because uh, I got in late and just needed to grab something quick last night. But it was huge. I mean, they could have fit two, three hundred people in there easily. Uh, and they have the Chicago-style hot dogs. They have the Chicago beef, like from the bear of the show, where they do the, the beef with the peppers, sandwiches, mm-hmm. um, and then kind of the burgers and fries and, and normal things. But I went there for the Chicago dog because I do love a good Chicago hot dog. And there's a couple places in San Diego uh, you can get them. Uh, Chicago Fire Grill uh, by UTC is pretty good, but not something you see a ton of in San Diego. So I saw that. I thought, okay, it's about three minutes from the Airbnb. I'll go grab that. And I had a good Chicago dog last night. As, no peanuts either. <laughs> as John Stewart said, there are only three acceptable condiments to put on a hot dog. Mustard, relish, and stagnant cart water. That's about it. <laughs> Hot dog and, water. Yeah, and <laughs> from being from New York, having a lot of stagnant cart water hot dogs, he's he's not wrong. I will. Uh, I'll wrap up. I like to do my little uh, local stuff. Uh, just over the weekend, the Seals, Woodsy Seals. I had to play back to back on. Friday and Saturday, and they lost at Las Vegas on Friday, but bounced back with a pretty big road win on Saturday against the uh, Colorado Mammoth, their biggest rival, 12-8. to So after losing in kind of disappointing fashion, good win for our uh, National Lacrosse League team. Uh, the Gulls also split a game over the weekend with the Iowa Wild. Uh, both went to overtime, a 3-2 win and shootout, a 2-1 loss in overtime. And then the Sockers had the old back-to-back as well. A lot of a lot of games this weekend for our local teams. Uh, they beat Tacoma on Saturday, six to five on the road to improve to six and zero. Oh, but then they had to fly back. I think it was Sunday, uh, like through weather delays, get back to San Diego, and then basically go straight to a game against Chihuahua, their biggest rival at Pechanga Arena. And unsurprisingly, when you put up a, a schedule like that, 
they came out pretty flat and they lost five to one for their first loss of the season. But you see that in a lot of sports, NBA, whatever, the back to backs, the second of the two back to back days, always um, a tougher one for the teams and usually good to bet against those teams coming off the back to backs. And uh, the soccer's got uh, got nipped for the first time this season having to play one of those back to backs. What's their record now, the Soccers? They're 6-1 and one now. They were 6-0 and oh until they lost uh, yesterday, or Sunday, 5-1 to one to, to Chihuahua. So um, they're off to a good start, and Craig, I'm sure, can talk all about it uh, coming up with Annie here in a couple of minutes. Oh, I also wanted to give a little shout-out, congratulations to my college buddy, Scott. So Scott sent me this weekend. He was following, He's a big golf fan, like I am. And he sometimes, he's got the online, I don't know if it's DraftKings, whatever app he uses. And he put $10 on a long shot to win on the PGA Tour. And he sent it to me. He goes, you can pull for this guy over the weekend. I go, who's Grayson Murray? Why did you choose him at 500 to 1 odds to win on the PGA Tour? He goes, I was just looking for a long shot. I saw you had one before like seven years ago. Hasn't won since. But, hey, if you can win once, right, you can win again. Well, Grayson Murray was actually in contention over the weekend and came into the final hole one shot back of Keegan Bradley and Ben on, but he stuck his fourth shot or third shot on the par five, made his birdie, got into the playoff. And then in the playoff, the other two guys are way down the middle. He snaps his drive nearly out of bounds, ends up making birdie, wins the hole, and my buddy won $5,000 on his... 500 to 1 bet for $10 for Grayson Murray. So there's a success story from the weekend. That music means Annie and Elston are coming up next. Do not go anywhere. I'm going to go check on Polly and Woodsy out on field three. We'll be back more live from Fantasy Camp tomorrow at 6. For Frank, I'm Ben. Have a great rest of your Tuesday from all of us here at 97.3 The Fan. So long. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.